The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name FC podcast, a member of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You can find us on all podcasting listing sites, whether it's Pandora, Apple, Spotify. You can find us there. You can also find the video version of this podcast on YouTube. And the main reason why we're we have this option now is because of Goals TV. So go ahead and check them out. It is basically a streaming service that is free. It's free right now. Go ahead and check it out. You have no excuse um, of just soccer content. So if you're looking for a specific MLS team or you want the Americans perspective or USL, if you're a USL championship fan, well, all the highlights and coverage of USL will be available on goals TV. So GOLZ TV, but joining me as always is my best friend. You can't see his face, but you'll see the lovely insert name FC logo over there. Edward Robles. Hey, how's it going, guys? So, I mean, don't you think don't you think the logo looks better on me, anyways? It's a fair point. I mean, no one really knows what you look like, but um, I mean, I'm, I think the logo looks it it, it 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 does wonders for me. <laughs> Edward has a face for podcasting, is what he's trying to say right now. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but yeah, so by the time this episode drops, so Tuesday. December 12th will be my 32nd birthday. Um, so, yeah, that 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 happened. We obviously celebrated my birthday this past weekend. Um, I celebrated uh, Boys with Fevers and also yeah. me yesterday. Yeah, a lot of people were, were telling me, like, Hector, aren't, aren't you mad at Edward for not being here on your birthday? And I, 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 I didn't sell them this because obviously then I'd sound like a horrible human being. Well, horrible friend, <laughs> a horrible best friend, but I did forget Edward's birthday this year. Um, I, I completely forgot. That's it. fine. I, I know. It I was, was like, it I'm was hilarious too because everyone was like, "So what'd you get for Edward?" I was like, "For what?" And then she's like, "Didn't his birthday pass?" And I'm like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck, fuck." <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I called uh, Edward immediately, me. and I was like, "I am so sorry." So even we're even now. <laughs> Nah, trust me. Like, if if it was basically what you're saying is, if it wasn't for my kids having a fever and then for me catching it later yesterday, I basically would have been in the jail cell of horrible best friends. No, I mean, because obviously, uh, family, parents, parenting comes first. But like, uh, it was just funny. Cause, well, because nobody knew. Because obviously, I didn't find out till later. But um, yeah, like he. It, so I was busy with the boys and I was trying to trying to freaking uh basically stay alive as well as keeping them alive because they had a fever about a hundred and one and the other one had like ninety nine. 
so they weren't like to where they were dying, but it's like they don't want to do anything. They don't want to play. They just wanted me to be laying there. Mm-hmm. So my phone was away from me the whole time. I was just there with them, laying down in, in the hammock. And then when I would try to get up, they're like, where are you going, daddy? And I was like, uh, I was like, I'm going to the kitchen. I was like, to go get something to drink, some water. And they're like, okay, I want to come with you. And then as soon as they would get up, they're like, I'm hot. I was like, I know, puppy. I was like, but then I would give them medicine. Um, I even did the whole, the, the, the alcohol with the, with the water, pañuelo trick on the head. Um, okay. A lot of, say, a lot of I don't know where this is going. <laughs> oh yes, I, I gave my kids alcohol tried, and they got better. I didn't try getting my kid, my children drunk. <laughs> it works. No, but like, like basically, you know, like, like a damp rag with alcohol on it. You know, just uh, doing that kind of stuff. Um, you, but yeah, no, there. Newspaper and and set it on fire and put it on their ear. No, what in the hell? <laughs> that's a thing I, I don't think it's for that but there i've seen i've seen it's a thing and they pull out some like gunky rear wax or something out of that i, and, I really uh, have no idea what it's for i just remember just, I, like, I don't i have rolling no up, clue like, what it's for a newspaper like in a cone and then they like just put like obviously the tip on the ear and then they just set the thing on fire um are people weird i i gotta say uh, that like i mean we have some cool stuff like our food, and but then there's like those things that we just like. It makes no sense, like how our solution to everything I mean, is I could, Vix. Um, Vixen, Vixen Seven Up. Vixen Seven Up, yeah. In um, in various occasions, it was probably Sprite. I mean, it's the same thing. Um, but yeah, no, but yeah, so like some people were asking me, like, "Oh man, where's Edward? You know, where's Edward at?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I mean, I'm like, he shows up, he shows up." Um, but I I. I wasn't mad or anything. I mean, I kind of figured something came, something came up with his kids because I mean, I don't know. I feel like every conversation I've ever had with they, Edward, they're they're sick. They, they, well, like um, what was it? Um, Friday they didn't go to school because of that reason. Because uh, I don't know. I take it back. She had to take them out of school early because they were sick. Because they got they got the fever. They were they basically had the fever from the from the daytime. Because apparently Mateo he had the fever. And he said that his head was hurting, but it was hurting to the point where he started crying. And normally he doesn't just do that just out of a, a whim, you know? Yeah. So then that's why that's why I was like, oh, crap, you know, it's real. And um, so, yeah, that's when I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I got to take care of these kids. And when I was trying to be like, okay, I'm going to leave the kids with my parents. Uh, of course, Ikin and Mateo, both of them were like, no. And they started crying because I was walking like away i couldn't even walk to the bathroom without them actually thinking that i was leaving so i was like yeah i was like i can't do that to them i was like i felt bad and i was like they're sick i was like so i can't do that to them yeah i'd probably be more i'd be more angry if you if you weren't with your kid with your children um yeah right i'd be like hey where are the boys oh they're at home sick right now with and, you're and, <laughs> and you're here and you're here drinking with ever. me <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yeah, yeah you know Nah, but I always put their priority first. But I think they passed it on to me because yesterday night that was my shit. That was my spiel. I feel, like, I, I feel like that's just been your theme as a parent so far. It's just like your kids get sick, and then your kids get you sick, and then your kids get sick again. Uh, it's like the right. never-ending cycle, the flow chart right. of of Edward's parenting life so far, if you will. Pretty much. Are Every the time sick? they get sick, I'm like, yes. Is he? Is Edward now sick? Yes. 
Are the kids sick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like it keeps going. It's, it's just it's never ending cycle. But uh, but yeah. So you know, I'm I'm officially 32. I'm actually wearing one of my. It, this is the the present I got from my sister and obviously my nieces. And um, it was funny. It was kind of funny because like it was in an Oakley bag. So this is the first time that the gift bag was actually what it what it was inside. So so that was that was new. <laughs> that was new. Um, but. Um, it was just kind of funny because, like, I'm not really an Oakley guy. Um, it is something that's I, – I wouldn't say, like, it's strictly only military for Oakley. But, like, there is – like, you know, I mean, if you see many, like, military guys, they usually have, like, some sort of version of Oakley sunglasses. And uh, it just it just seems to be the thing that, like, mil- ex- you know, guys in the military wear Oakley. Um, and I used to make fun of guys for wearing Oakley, by the way. Um, so <laughs> – it was hilarious. So me, so uh, Felix, Felix and David were there, and so we were all. I, me and Felix are making jokes about how I'm gonna go to the mall now and start like shaming people for stolen valor. Uh, so. Oh man. So yeah, but <laughs> it's actually a really comfortable hat. I will say that once again, I'm not very much. I'm not really an Oakley guy, but if you guys know me and ever can tell you this, when someone gives me a gift, I actually start like trying to use it. Um, yep. Prime example, uh, my you know for Christmas, a long a white why way back, uh, my my brother in law gave me a pair of Toms. I don't think anybody's ever seen me in a pair of Toms in my life. I <laughs> think I did. No, you were you were wearing well, them. Now, I was like, what are the? I was like, what are those? And you were like, oh, they're Toms. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I thought that was a girl shoe. And then you were like, no, no, they have for guys. I was like, okay. I was like, I didn't question it. I was like, yeah, okay. it, it's I was a, like, it's a different. It's a, it's not something that, and also, it's not something I can wear. Like, if I'm going out like the whole day, because, well, I don't wear socks with them, <laughs> so it could it could pre it can it can be uncomfortable sometimes. But it's 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 an, it's an enjoyable shoe. I, I I wear it from time to time. Um, not now because it's freezing cold. But okay, well, not co- not cold for you. It's not freezing cold. Not not cold for you Northerners, but for us Texans, it's it's cold. Remember, we're the state <laughs> that like uh, some snow hit us and our, our 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 state completely shut down. So yeah, it, like didn't they couldn't do anything on a snow day. Yeah. So oh, but we but we but we thrive on the flood, dude. We like we're Noah's Ark. Yeah, we can we can handle we can handle flood, just not snow. Um, but yeah, so like, anyways, but yeah, so the birth, birthday was fun. Um. Really, you know, it, it's always nice. Um, but, but yeah, that that is life. Um, so this episode we got obviously our reactions that we do. Um, we're also gonna talk Christmas transfer wish list. So me and Edward are gonna share maybe specific position groups. Maybe we'll even specify who we, we would love to see playing for our respective clubs. Um, we're gonna the 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 drawing for Copa America has happened so we're gonna go ahead and take a look at copa america look at the groups it's a little bit not as big as the euro but it's still still interesting uh drawing so we'll we'll talk about that we'll talk about the groups we'll talk about you know what we think so far once again not a preview but we'll definitely you know take a gander at that uh the animals club playoffs it's over it's done we congratulations to the columbus crew for winning their third mls cup um, you'll have me and Jose Tejas of Gold CV recap that one for you. Um, and then me and Edward are going to look at the Liga Mackey's playoffs. The semifinals are done. And we're going to go ahead and preview the final 
that by the time this episode drops, uh, the first leg would have already been completed, and the final will be on Sunday. So, the the second leg. So hopefully, hopefully, no one's getting blown out in the first leg. Um, right. So, so you know, so at least that that the the second leg would be enjoyable. Um, announce our player. Actually, no no players of the week this week because we we have a competition now between the, for the player of the year. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to that segment. Uh, give you guys some games to watch this weekend, and then tie this episode up in a pretty little bow with a segment that me and I really did enjoy talking uh, last time when we went into Reddit, and that is, am I the asshole? So me and I are gonna hmm. read a story from Am I an asshole, and we're gonna figure out whether or not this person is in fact an asshole. Um, so yeah, so I we, last time we did it, we really enjoyed it, so we, I was like, why not do it? Do it again. But yeah, because we are. So, just so you guys understand how we're doing this. So, this next coming episode will be the last episode for the year. We're going to go ahead and take a, a good break um, to be with our families. Obviously, the holiday season and all that. So, next episode will be our end of the year episode. Hopefully, Spencer has sent me, uh, you know, the songs for the singing bed. Or else, we're going to have to figure something out for that one. Um, but, but, yeah. So, just so you guys know. Next episode will be the last episode for the year of 2023. So, so get ready for that. But, all right. Well, that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get going to our overreactions. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. And we are back. Make sure you guys check us out on Instagram, the X, at insert name FC. Also, follow us on TikTok at insert.name.fc. Um, I need to really get back into that. I, I, I've been slacking on, on the TikTok. I need to start making some dumb videos again. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you do find high, uh, clips from the episodes on there so if you guys want to take a gander go ahead and check us out on tiktok but all right overreactions edward because he was on 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 sick children duty uh, i'm gonna go ahead and take over with two overreactions that happened this past weekend um my first one is man r.i.p to santos man r.i.p to santos if you guys don't know the historic brazilian team santos with player with legendary players that have come across that club like Neymar like Pelé um they are officially getting relegated to the second division in Brazil um uh this past weekend so this is um the end of an era this was a long run over 100 years of them being in the first division in Brazil and unfortunately you know that's what happens when you don't perform well and they're getting relegated down to the I believe it's called the Brazilian uh Serie B kind of like the Serie A I guess if you will but in Brazil. So yeah. End of an era of Brazil. Um 
when you especially now as of recently man you know you're seeing like a lot of like brazilian players that are you know because that's what what honestly the what the brazilian league provides is a lot of you know young brazilians that eventually do go to europe very young at at a very young age i mean some names that you think of is like Vinicius, Rodrigo, um, Endrick is another name that's about to come up. Victor Roque, I believe, is going to be going to Barcelona. Um, actually, in this in in January, he'll be ma- making his move to Barcelona. Um, but yeah, you know the names go on and on of all the players. But recently, if, if I don't know if ever if you ever been noticing, but it hasn't been a lot of names from Santos. It's been yeah, Flamengo, Palmeiras. Um, yeah, Santos been Santos been quiet, man. Santos has been very quiet. It, it, I could probably be overreacting at this point, but the last like big name that I could think of that came from Santos was Neymar. Um, yeah, yeah, and that was obviously his move from Santos to to Barcelona. Um, but but yeah, man, you know, over a hundred years of being in the top flight, man, and now they're going down, and you can see the emotions all across not only the field but amongst the fans, just like having to accept the reality that they're getting relegated down. I mean, it's not over, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world because obviously all they have to do is just, you know, have a good season in the, in the second division and then come back up. But it, 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 it's just, this has been like a weird year where you're seeing some big clubs really doing poorly where maybe a relegation is, is like, looks like it's coming. Um, and, and, and I guess for, at least for the year 2023 goes, it seems like that it, it just struck. For, for Santos, like once again, a very legendary club. If you guys want to understand the con, like the context of what's what's going on with Santos, it's like, it's like, um, it's like if if Manchester United gets relegated to the Championship, like if the, a team that's like just well known is in the Premier League. I actually think Arsenal will probably be a better re- example because I don't think Arsenal's ever been relegated. Uh, yeah. So I mean, but yeah, a team that's just been in, in the in the top flight for years and years and years uh, finally gets sent down and relegation. Like it, once again, it's not the end of the world. You can easily come back up unless you're in Mexico and like well, there's no, well, there's no promotion. To, <laughs> well, I was about to tell you. I was about to tell you. So it's kind of like so. Let's try to explain it. I guess because a lot of people may may or may not watch uh, Brazilian. You know soccer. Um, That's why I used the like Liga, player, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was no. I was gonna say a little bit more to our side of the world, um, like Liga MX. It's kind of like watching America or Chivas go down. Well, and that's get why relegated. I say you can't use Liga MX because we know the corruption over there. They'll they'll just buy themselves back into the first league. In the first. Well, uh, then, no, that's, first that's but that, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's if it's, you're expected one of those teams, if one of those teams gets relegated and you hear about it, basically that's how Santos it is for Brazil. Yeah, because they've been on the top for so long. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. So. So yeah, it's 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 gonna be tough. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but I I think it had to have been a wake up call for for Santos fans because it's not a it's not a team that I see a lot, especially in, in Libertadores, not in uh and, and like even same players that come from Brazil that go to Europe, you know, we haven't been hearing many Santos players. Um, if yep. any, their game, their those those big moves. I'm not talking about like, oh, so the the third string, you know, like one of the starters made a move to to I not well maybe not Ajax, not the great example, but like you know like 
we're talking about like a, a 19 year old makes this shocking 80 million euro move to to Chelsea or something like that. We haven't been hearing that in quite some yeah, time. Yeah, it's been really rare now. Yeah, so um, I'm sure there's there's moves happening for Santos, but it just it hasn't happened. Um, I think it, you know, especially where and, and I mean relegation could be good, could be bad at the same time. But I mean the positive is that now, which maybe not many people really think of it, but Santos does have a really good, well-known academy. I mean, it has it has shit out like a bunch of Brazilian talents, legends of of the game that have come from Santos. So like maybe then they just need to go back to the fundamentals of what Santos has been known for. And being in, in the second division could kind of be that, that catapult, if you will, to go back to their roots and being that team that does develop their players and, you know, goes back to being one of the top teams. Cause right now there's going right. to be a lot of players. I'm assuming they're going to want to be out because the last thing they want to do is be playing in the second division. Um, oh yeah. And so with that, you just got to find guys that one are hungry and two, want to do this right by Santos because Santos once again is a big name I mean if you guys remember the the Neymar documentary that came out you know you had that one fan that literally has the Santos logo tattooed on his face so I mean there's (laughs) there's commitment there's commitment with that with that club um but yeah it's a it's it's a fortune for Santos like I said has like a lot of history a lot of legacy that comes behind uh that 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 name and yeah you know unfortunately they're they're not going they're not going to be back in, but and it, and maybe it's now it's gotten harder because I mean, like I said, Flamengo, Fluminense, Fluminense who just won the Copa Libertadores, um, you know, like those names are uh, in uh, Palmeiras, like all these these teams that like are 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 being you know are really good right now. Uh, you know, maybe they just couldn't keep, they couldn't keep up. Yeah, I mean it's a. Like like you said it earlier though, like usually when you know a team is doing good in Brazil, you hear a lot of chatter in the major leagues like the EPL, La Liga, even the French league like PSG, Monaco. Like you would be hearing them talk about, hey, there's a kid that we're excited about in Brazil. We're gonna go ahead and talk to him, and he's only 17. You would hear it all over the papers. You would hear it all over the news. Hell, you would even hear like, oh, Neymar has been talking to so and so to come to PSG from Santo because it's has been he moved from there you know like you would hear something like that like a mentorship of some kind from a major player but lately you haven't really been hearing anything like that from Santos's uh camp or anybody in the news whatsoever anybody online at all that they're like oh hey this player from Santos is coming up and then usually that's when you know that that team is kind of like either in mid-tier or low tier and I think there was one season that they ended up in last place. That I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they were or maybe they were like below, like second or third to last in one season. And this was like fairly recent because it's like they haven't been performing. They don't have the same player. Uh, I guess you could say La La Masia or El Castillo that they used to have, like the academy players that they they are been bringing up. It's not the same talent bracket as as it was before. No, yeah. So I, I'm not. I, I agree. Yeah, I'm not saying that you know the talent isn't talented. It's just they every other team probably has more talented youth. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that 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 was it's unfortunate, and I feel for the Santos fans. But I mean, that's the nature of the beast. Um, 
I, I know a lot of a lot of like a lot of the the people that like I mean some MLS fans as well, like they still hope for like a promotion relegation system to be coming to the MLS. Maybe one day. I don't know. I, I think it's 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 kinda hard to sell Americans on promotion relegation. Um, just because of like the way it is here in the US where if you're a shitastic team, you, you get the first pick in the draft. Um Yeah. So it's 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 gonna be different, but but hey, um, maybe one day we'll see. I mean, if they keep adding more teams, I I just don't know how you're not gonna have some sort of system, uh, in place. Because I mean, now we're going into going into thirty teams now, I believe, in the MLS with with the addition of San Diego. So, and I, I'm sure that they're not they're not done. So, so I'm, we'll see what happens with MLS. But kind of kind of MLS related. So this is my second overreaction. Um. Uh, for this week, and it is an amazing story, depending on how you view it. Um, but Brandon Audrey, if you guys don't, if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, it's probably because you're not really watching American football. Because so Brandon Audrey uh, just became the first kicker in NFL history, I believe it is, to have kicked two field goals of sixty plus yards. Damn! In a game. And um, so the backstory behind and I see when I heard that name, I it, it sounded somewhat familiar to me, but I just didn't know where I heard it from. And it, it, it once they were talking on the broadcast because it was on Sunday Night Football. If you guys know, know anything, well, if you guys don't know me well, which I'm, I'm assuming most of you guys don't, I'm a big fan of Sunday Night Football. I love watching Sunday Night Football because one, it starts off with Carrie Underwood singing and I love me some Carrie Underwood. Uh, and then. <laughs> Phil, uh, Chris Collinsworth is also one of my favorite announcers um, when it comes to the NFL. So it, it's just the best of both worlds. Sunday night, it, it, you know, it's just a great way to wind down after a long weekend, you know. So, so anyways, um, and then I got to watch Brandon Aubrey, and I was like, once again, this name sounded so familiar to me, and it's because in the 2017 MLS Super Draft, the first round, the 21st overall pick. To the Tor- to Toronto FC was Brandon Aubrey. Brandon Aubrey was a soccer player. He actually played for Notre Dame. Um, he's actually from Plano, Texas. Um, you know, played club soccer. I believe da- the Dallas Texans soccer club was actually the club that he played for. Um, played there. We got got a scholarship to go to Notre Dame. Uh, I believe actually did win a national championship there. Also, I believe was team of, was on the. Uh, Whatever conference he was in, I think he got he was in the best eleven for that conference. So, very well decorated player over at Notre Dame. Um, gets drafted in twenty first pick overall in the twenty seventeen MLS Super Draft. And after one year in Toronto <laughs> FC system, uh, gets cut. Um, then goes and uh, play. He plays for like uh, some other teams. I, I believe like second division teams. Uh, never got another shot at the MLS. And after it seemed like it was basically over, he was actually, I think, working in like a financing job. I don't, I don't remember the actual job, but you know, they're what he's, you know, he's kicking back because he's from Texas. Because you know, everyone knows if you're from Texas, you're gonna watch football, um, just like I do. Ever watches football too. Um, so him and his wife are kicking back, watching some football, and his wife basically gives tells him like, "Hey, I think you could do this," and so he. Goes ahead and starts working on kicking, and now 
he is a, I believe, 28 years old and kicking for the Dallas Cowboys. And, I mean, I think for the first time ever has anyone, has, have I ever seen someone excited for a kicker? Because um, my, my one of my close friends from the Marine Corps, uh, Jeremy, because, um, I you know, once I realized who it was, I was like, I told him, like, holy shit, I can't believe that this, you know, I told him that I kind of knew a little bit about this guy. And um, and he was just like, dude, I fucking love this guy. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, <laughs> Brandon Arbery, what a what a comeback story for him. Um, that's awesome, though, for him to go from, um, you know, not able to make it in the MLS to now kicking kicking field goals in the NFL. It's just that's it's a pretty cool story. I believe he actually did kick in the USFL uh, for 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 one of the teams in the USFL and then got a shot with the Cowboys, but. Uh, but yeah, man, talk about perseverance. So, yeah, I mean, hey, sometimes you got to push through. I also think it's hilarious because of the fact that, like, if especially in high school, I think anybody could tell you this in high school. Um, where do the football coaches go to to find a kicker? The soccer team. <laughs> yeah, so it was just like yep. the the most the, to me it was the funniest thing because it was like. The Dallas Cowboys literally did the thing that every like stereotypical high school football coach would do, which is go to the soccer team to get a kicker. Um, so, I mean, the hypothetical worked there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean they're not wrong. I, I, I honestly tell you, I've tried to kick a a, a football. I, I've never figured it out. Um, it's it's a lot different than kicking a soccer ball, at least in my eyes. But obviously, I, I, I clearly I don't know what I'm talking about because you know, freaking, there's that video of Memo Ochoa um and he almost made it a 60 yard field goal actually um where he was just you know they they had him try try you know kicking field goals and he was making them too so there might be something there man maybe they need to start uh drafting these like college you know college football kickers and just start start scouting some soccer players especially the ones that don't make it in the MLS draft <laughs> right start, start going to USL and just start looking at players and like Hey buddy, I know that I know that salary ain't great, bro. <laughs> so just come on. <laughs> but I mean, hey, some some. I mean, that's I think that's the way they look at it. Like a little a little something, something like a little money or something. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that that's what they're probably gonna end up doing. They're probably gonna go like to. Hey, you wouldn't be surprised if they decide to go to the MLS and go to like maybe. Uh, well, I mean, I would I wouldn't go to the MLS cause, uh, just because like. Yeah, there's the MLS like the average salary of an MLS player is probably like not that high compared to like a NFL kicker, but um, but they're in the first division. They're they're playing in the first division. I'm talking about like, you know, guys that are like, you know, still trying with the USL or playing in like UPSL, which I'm not not a jab at UPSL, <laughs> but I'm just saying if you're like almost 30 and still trying to get in when you're just barely playing the UPSL, you might want to, you know, start thinking about a life after the game. But, um, no, no offense. (laughs) But, but yeah, so I mean, no, I I just thought it was an interesting story. It was an awesome, I I think it's awesome. Um, just because like, especially because like now, especially when having like Chris Collins were talking about this, this, about this guy, like kicking, kicking in soccer and you know, they were talking about Major League Super Draft, which was kind of Major League Soccer Super Draft, which I just thought I was just getting a kick out of it. 
because I, I still laugh at the name the Major League the MLS Super Draft. What makes it super? I have no idea, but <laughs> but it's it's the super draft. But um but yeah, so that that was my overreaction. Um but yeah, so let's go right into it, man. Edward. So Christmas is right around the corner. Not only is Christmas right around the corner, but the January transfer window is right around the corner as well. So, Edward, this is our time to go ahead and do our Christmas transfer wish list for our teams. So, um, first, before we go into this, is like, is there like a specific team or a specific player that you would like to see make a move in January? Before we go to like actually saying our teams. Mm. Maybe shoot. It's a tough one though. That's why I'm like, mm, that's hard. It's a tough one. I mean Yeah, everybody seems to be settled in right now. I I can't really say too much. Uh Honestly, though, Jao Felix, I guess to stay in Barcelona, he's been he's been enjoying his his game time. Look, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say this: I I wouldn't be shocked if he's unable to get into the parking lot at Atletico Madrid <laughs> when he when he goes back whenever his, <laughs> his, his loan is done, especially it's, after I know it's, after he scored the game winner against them. Oh uh, yeah, I know. It's, especially with like, the celebration. Because oh, yeah, I will uh, say this, like most of the time, I'm not saying all the time, but most of the time, once again, not all the time. I mean, if you want, look at Alvaro Morata as a prime example. But whenever a player scores a goal on their former team, they usually do the, I'm not celebrating. Show, show signs of respect. Like they'll just probably do like one fist up in the air and that's it. Or like yeah. they'll do the, the, the hand wave talking about like, hey, you know, they shrug it off, you know? Yeah. They, they're just like, yeah. To, to be fair. To be fair, I think Antoine Griezmann did the same thing. He celebrated against Atletico Madrid. Yeah, but Antoine Griezmann also he 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 lives the life on the beat of his own drum. Um, yeah, true, true. But I mean, here's the thing though: is the 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 real reality of all this is is we just don't know who, who Jao Felix is. <laughs> we yeah. don't know this guy's personality. We don't really know. If he's like very like conservative or his, he's this wild child, so far not giving me any ideas that he's a wild child, because uh you know like there's no rumors just, of him just, going out to the club sounds, and all that. Yeah, I mean from what it sounds like to me, he's just very competitive. Like from the looks of it, like he just he just wants to play. He's very competitive. He's he has yeah. that drive. Because to me, the which, reality is is just Jao Felix just didn't fit to Atletico Madrid. Like he just doesn't fit to that system. Um, cause I mean, let's be honest, like Diego Simeone's system is very, uh, I'm not saying like it, you don't have much creativity, but your position is your position is, is basically yeah. what I'm saying. It's not. And, and then also, I don't think he's a dog. Um, <laughs> that's the other thing about Jao Felix, but he is perfect for Barcelona. I think he, he is exactly when I think of a Barcelona player where he, the creativity level that he has, um, his ability with the ball, his, his decision-making works well with a Tiki Taka style. And he, it, once again, he's not necessarily, I have to be in this spot of the field. Like I go wherever the ball is, you know, 
or I need to be where I, you know, to cover, which is once again, it's total football. It's not necessarily like, you know, anyone has like a specific position, but someone just needs to be in that spot, um, if you will. But, um, and I think that's what Jao Felix is perfect for. That's why since going to, to Barcelona, I think he's been, uh, he's been really good for Barcelona. I mean, everyone keeps talking about the Jaws, uh, because him and, and, and Jao Cancelo, bro, yeah, Jao Cancelo, really well bro, well. he is beast in there. Yeah, he's and, he's pulled he's pulled the he's pulled the freaking Barcelona sausages out of the fire so many times now. Yeah, so yeah, really good moves for them. So yeah, maybe maybe uh, so I guess we'll start with Barcelona. Edward, uh, Barcelona, do you feel like it's 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 they got to keep the Jaws? I feel like they do. For the meantime, they have yeah. to. Especially with, like, I'm not trying to downplay him or talk bad about him, but Lewandowski, he's been in a drought. And it's been very noticeable, like, really hardcore. Like, he's been in front, like, goals that you think he's about to score, and it's just, he zooms them. He, 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 it's not that he hesitates to shoot. It's like his shot's not there. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's very odd. It's unsettling. Would you say maybe, maybe they should terminate his contract? Uh, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, to be honest with you. Like, I do. Like, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, give him the time, give him, you know, the respect he does deserve. Because he, he's done basically what Joe Cancelo has done, too, where he's pulled their weenies out of the fire just in time, uh, like, with the last-minute goals, um, with scoring a plethora of goals for the season. And it's he's only been there what one, one season. He hasn't been there like multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, okay. Like a full. So I, he's I mean, been there I, I get what you mean with with, with Lewandowski because obviously this guy was literally the leading goal scorer for La Liga last year. Um, yeah. So it's like once again, it's so hard to like to to forget that. Uh, it, it's like one. Of, it, it's just one of those things where you're just like, he's gonna score. He's like it's one. It's like just that yeah. thing that you in your head. You're like. He's gonna score at some point, and when he scores, it's gonna flood. Like the 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 floodgates will be open, and 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 Robert Lewandowski is Robert Lewandowski once again. And that's exactly how I feel too. Like so, I get once that. he scores, it's like he's gonna find his confidence. He's gonna find his form. But would you would you be looking at a striker right now? Uh, and I'm not saying was... like you have to go get yourself like a Harry Kane or 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 a or Richarlison or anything like that. Like maybe. Maybe there's a young player out there that maybe you're like, hey, he's cheap. I mean, because Barcelona's broke allegedly. Um, but is there somebody out there that you know you think like maybe he's not you know starting right away? But hey, when his time comes, it's 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 time. So, and we've all, we've all talked about this. I've talked about this with you, and I've said it a lot of times. But. Uh... Right now, though, he's gotten a lot of spar- uh, starting time, playing time. Um, so it's not like he's he's been left in dust. But uh, Darwin Nunez? Like you're trying to get him out of Liverpool? Yeah. That's like I feel, I feel that he's – I think, I think he would be a, a pretty good fit for Barcelona. That is interesting. I, I The only reason why I say that is because, I mean – Liverpool has actually made it made it be known that they're interested in getting Mbappe. Oh and, yeah. And if you were to 
once again, I don't know how Barcelona is going to somehow have the transfer fee for 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 Darwin Nunez. Somehow, somehow they tend to they tend to run into money in a briefcase in the packed subway. I I don't know. I don't know. That's I do. What I'm I do agree with that part. Um, so I I you know maybe maybe that 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 if if Liverpool was to be if I think if Liverpool somehow decides that they want to move on from Darwin Nunez, which Seems crazy to say that out loud, but I mean, this is obviously a wish list. This isn't like we're not gonna get. You know, just because you say you want the PS Five doesn't mean you're gonna get it. Maybe you get you get the you get an Atari instead. Are you gonna be mad at the oh, Atari? God. No, but it's not the PS Five. But um, it's kind of it's it's also actually Atari is now thinking... probably more expensive than the PS Five. <laughs> no, no, the PS Five is still more expensive than Atari's. I know. I mean, unless you're like a retro game collector, not like, even like then. the original Atari. Like you're not gonna find an original Atari. Yeah, you can find the original Atari. It's just they're going to be not as pricey as you expect them to be. The only way that they're gonna be really pricey as hell, it's just like they come with like the games already included, controllers, all kinds of stuff. I would you say know, probably it, a never never been opened Atari. Oh yeah, no, that's that's ne- that, that that's non-existent. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't think anybody when the Atari came out was, I'm gonna keep this one. <laughs> I'm not gonna open this one at all. <laughs> um, well, for one, I don't think they actually did a. Uh, what you call it? Yeah, an RFB. They don't. They don't. I mean, think about it. Think about it. You're eight years old and you got a game system. You know, damn. Yeah, because I also think shit. like it's not like a lot of adults were playing video games back in the day. Um, no, nah, back in the day, it, was like, it wasn't the same as it is now. That's true. That's Hell, true. there's people that make money off of that, you know? Yes, that's very true. But, all right, Barcelona. You, so, Darwin Nunez is Edward's wish list from Barcelona. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll stick in Spain, and we'll go to Real Madrid. So, there is rumors that Real Madrid are giving the ultimatum to Mbappe, and that is you have till this day in January to sign with us or else we're going after Erling Holland, which I think was a little bit of a flex. <laughs> but because I don't I don't see Manchester City wanting to move on. Oh hey <laughs> no that that is that is so what you're saying is you want Mbappe for sure. I know we've we've had this conversation we, before. We've, I've I've the, we've had this dance like for how long now that I've been getting teased by Mbappe. It's been pissing me off. So many. You you don't like to be teased that much. No, oh, yeah, but I mean, like it, it's been it's been annoying, cause like you know I'm like right. I'm literally just like waiting so I can buy my freaking Real Madrid and Mbappe jersey, and I can't because Mbappe hasn't gone to Real Madrid yet. Um. But yeah, so like. It, it's been all. This is all we've been hearing. Oh, Mbappe's going to Real Madrid. Oh, Mbappe's going to Real Madrid. And then PSG. Was it? I had. I was never mad at PSG for offering him that ridiculous contract. Um, you know, the last go around. But you got to do what you got to do to keep your golden goose, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm not mad if you play dirty. But like, then, then you know, this summer came in and he's like, I'm going to not pick up my option, and I want to go out on a free transfer. And then PSG was like, "The fuck you are," and then Ramadan's, "All right, we'll 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 take him." And then PSG's like, just not responding, 
because they're like they, they're they're basically like red. saying anyone but them. Um, but at the end of it all, nothing happened. Nothing came from it. So if I, I'm I'm kind of with Real Madrid, man. Like, hey, it's either here or now. If you want to come, please come. But if not, we'll go elsewhere. And I mean, I think that there is other other good goal scorers that the Real Madrid can go after, especially at the nine spot. Because once again, to I mean, I have not been sugarcoating it. the The one thing that I the the one thing I really want is for Real Madrid to go back to the four three three formation, having a striker up top, and honestly. Like I will take anybody that is a top, like at least like a top quality nine, um, and the player right now that I'm really looking at that honestly mm-hmm. might <laughs> needs needs a needs a change is a uh, is Marcus Rashford. Oh damn, dude! Honestly, I think he's a Real Madrid player. You put him and Bellingham together? Jesus. That's damage. You know what? You know what? Don't 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 go for Marcus Rashford. <laughs> like this and like cuz I mean we're like I think Darwin Nunez while he's is, he, like you mentioned like I mean is an appealing option. I just don't think Liverpool's ready to give him away like that. Manchester City is definitely not going to let uh, Erling Haaland go unless you're willing to prepare, unless you're prepared to give up a billion dollars for him. Um, Mbappe, like I mean, Mbappe is like the last thing left. Like I think Mbappe is realistically the the go to, but if he doesn't sign, then I mean, sometimes maybe it's best to go get a guy that just needs to change the scenery. The way it's been worked, like his relationship with Ten Hag has been atrocious. Um, he's not the same Mar- Marcus Rashford from before. I think if he comes to Ramad, if Ramadrid just brings him in, boosts his confidence again, you know, let's reminds him of who he is. Especially you bring you bring him along with Bellingham, I think that that is a great partnership. I think he, he you know he fits with that young group of players with Rodrigo and and, and Vinicius Junior. Um, I mean, would it be nice to see some Spanish players playing for Real Madrid? Probably, <laughs> but there but there's like not a striker right now that's Spanish that I that I can think of that. At, at least is like deserving of the mantle of being the striker for Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean you're right. There, it's really hard to replace Benzema, and I mean everybody was saying you know replace a Frenchman with another Frenchman, and that's where the whole Mbappe thing was coming through. And I mean Mbappe, I'm as much as I would hate to say it, Mbappe is a Real Madrid player, but the thing is the way he plays, he's playing playing more on the wing, in my opinion. Like, he's been more of a winger recently. So to put him as a number nine, it's a bit of a drive. But but if, now, if, you, have, if you have guys like Vinicius Jr., hopefully healthy, um, and, and, <laughs> and my adopted son, Rodrigo, I think that that's possible. It's possible. But what I'm saying is you have the speed at that point. But let's say I would feel that Holland – would be a better that's something that you guys do need up top and that's something that Benzema also brought even though he wasn't big I mean I, I agree Holland well. is a pure nine like when you think of a textbook nine Erling Haaland is what a nine supposed to look like yeah but also Manchester City is not going to let him go unless it's like 400 for Buku 500 money. million for, for Buku Erling money. Haaland yeah so like it's 
it's just not the the money isn't like unless unless you know we do some player swapping, which I I I would honestly tell you, especially if we're talking about a four three three formation. I mean, you could probably move on from one of those three mid, you know, one of those young midfielders, uh, whether you think it's Chuamani or whether you think it's Kamavinga. I wouldn't necessarily say Valverde just because he's my adopted son, but, um, you know, and you're not going to let go of Jude Bellingham. The dude's been killing it, so you're definitely not going to let him, you know, leave. But when you look at Chuamani and Kamavinga, like, those are the two guys where I think can easily be the ones where you're like, yeah, we can move on from these two because, and and I would honestly say really i really don't want to say it but i feel like i would rather like let go of shuamani because kamavinga can is is more versatile uh where you know we've seen him play like everywhere at one point last year for real madrid so i think uh i mean if you offer shuamani but i just don't think that manchester city wants wants to do any deals to get Erling Holland. I mean the dude right now is on pace to score once again averaging a goal a game. So I don't think that uh I don't think anybody I don't think matches anybody with a brain would let go of their of that guy like that kind of talent. Uh okay so let me let me tell you this. Let me ask you this. I'm gonna ask you this. So let's say PSG's like hey we're willing to let go of Mbappe for some money and a player and they're like okay we're down to do that. And if they say Give us Jude Bellingham, and we'll give you Mbappe. Fuck off. Plus, of course, the cash deal. Fuck off. I, I'm saying that is a very high possibility. Fuck off. I'm not giving you, up Bellingham. You know PSG's like that. That's why I'm, I'm I know PSG's you. like that. They can fuck off. They're not getting Bellingham. They can uh, have either Shuamani or they can have Kamavinga. Those are the two midfielders I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to let go. Oh, God. I am not giving up Bellingham. Dude, that guy is going to win a ball on the door. Maybe not this year, but he's going to win a ball you, on the door. You want it, you want you want him to win it with with Real Madrid is basically what you're saying. Look, man, I I I I love tweeting out Bellingham. Uh, I I don't want to let go of that. I I, I the dude's been just everything, and it's been everything for me. I uh, like it, it, oh, it's oh god, just another another great Real Madrid buy. Uh. I, Borussia Dortmund must be just kicking themselves, just knowing like how many players that are that are now world class that came out of their team. Um, I mean, they know, they know, they they already know that they're a farming team. That's what sucks. It's like Ajax. It's like yeah. they they have all this unbelievable talent, but it's like they don't get enough time for them to develop. The only talent that stayed there long enough was Marco Rose and and Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Marco yeah. Rose was the only one that had stayed there. Yeah, I think that guy probably needs to start retiring at some point. For me, for Real Madrid, I will say they just gotta go get a nine. If it's not Mbappe, I, I would I would be okay with Mark with Marcus Rashford. I think that that would be the logical move. I mean, obviously, last transfer window, you guys heard me like hoping that Harry Kane could come to Real Madrid. That didn't happen. But maybe maybe they go after another another English player that wears the number ten for their for his current club, and um, I think Marcus Rashford would be a really good fit for for Real Madrid. Um, but if it's not if I can't get Mbappe, it, well let's go get Marcus Rashford, especially because Manchester United looks like they're doing a fire sale right now. Um, but all right, uh, I'll, you know we'll 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 go to the English Premier League. I'll start with Arsenal. Um. Oh man, 
this team is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I I do think that there there needs to be a there needs to be some like a, a consistent goal scorer though. Um, Gabby Jesus has has not really been that guy. Um, Kai Havertz has his moment. Had a moment. Yeah, I was about to say, didn't he just score a goal that it was like, oh, everybody was like super excited about him. Yeah, recently, but yeah, so like, but there needs an actual like nine. Um, I think a lot of people hope that that was gonna be Gabby Jesus, but the only issue is that he just gets injured a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, weirdly enough, similar to with Real Madrid, they just they just need to go after a nine. Um, where I I honestly don't know. Um, maybe a Santiago Jimenez. Mm. Maybe go after him. El because... Chaco. Huh? Is there something Jimenez? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dude dude's killing it right now at Feyenoord. He's on pace. I believe he. he I think he's. I think he. I think he's on pace to surpass uh, Luis Suarez. Um, also, I think he's. I think he's on pace to pass uh, uh, Hugo, Hugo Sanchez too, in something. In some, some. I don't know. I'm not Mexican. I'm not following that. But you know, Santiago Jimenez is like more and more looking like the real deal. Yeah. Um, why not go get him? Like we we know that the Air Divisi is just a is a is like a a breeding ground for, like, potential top talent. I mean, you know, maybe not recently with the way Ten Hag has been handling Manchester United. But, <laughs> you know, it's been it's been a pretty good source of getting players. And Santiago Jimenez, like, I mean, at this point, he's just a big fish in a small pond. Like, let's see what he does in the English Premier League. And, like, I mean, why not go get him? So, I, I, I think that's what I would like to see. Maybe go after – I don't want to put like a lot of pressure on Santiago Jimenez. Like I want, you know, also competition with Gabi Jesus. Like Gabi Jesus and Kai Havers were like, "Oh shit, we really need to get our shit together because now, now we got a, a guy that's like becoming a Mexican legend, um, yeah, in our own very, you know, in front of everybody. Like this, this dude's been killing it. Like I feel like, I feel like he scored in every single game. He's like at least every highlight that I've seen him play in, he scored a goal. Um, so I think. Uh, I think going taking like a little bit of a risk going after Santiago Jimenez, but bringing him in, build some competition up front, and then hey, if he wins the job, he wins the job kind of thing. So I would say going after uh, Santiago Jimenez for Arsenal would be pretty good. Okay, okay, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that would be good. All right, Edward. Hmm. Unfortunately, we got to talk about Manchester United, man. Um, oh God. Where to there's, start? There's, there's rumors. There's rumors right now that the Casemiro, Rafael Varane, um, there's another player. Uh, but there that there's a lot of players that are up for sale this this transfer win. This is a, in this January transfer window. Um, weirdly enough, not weirdly enough, not Harry Maguire, but he's also gotten a little bit better. Um, yeah, it's so Mc, weird. McTominay has, has gotten pretty good. Um, uh, but but yeah, I mean. They're offloading a lot of players, so I mean, where do you, where do you want to start? <laughs> well, where to start? Um, for one, honestly, <laughs> you're gonna laugh. I feel like we just need a new manager. It's not even a transfer anymore. Like 
We just need a new manager. And it, it would be possible. I know how they said that. And then this is going to be so weird for me to say. But I've seen him do some miraculous things. Um, I know they say Carlon Celotti might be leaving. So if he could manage Manchester United, that would be pretty ballsy. That'd be pretty bad. And then he could actually put them up there. Because I'm pretty sure he can work with what he has at that point. All right. I mean, okay. So, so you're not wrong. I mean, Carlo Ancelotti has won everywhere. He's literally won everything. Um, any, everything in Europe. Everything, like, club-wise that a European coach can do, he's done. He's won in all the five, the top five leagues. He's won at PSG. He's won at AC Milan. He's won at yeah. uh, Chelsea. He's won Real Madrid. At, at Real Madrid, he won. He won at Bayern Munich. He obviously has won multiple Champions Leagues as well. Um, mm-hmm. Well respected, former player, which yep. is why he's, he's he's respected so much. He knows how to deal with stars. Uh, I mean, look at all the teams that he's that he's been managing. Yeah, I mean that AC Milan team was a freaking stacked team. Bayern Munich is always stacked. Um, PSG, I mean, PSG, we all know PSG is stacked over there. PSG is stacked. PSG is basically star power. Uh, Chelsea was probably the only thing that was maybe out of, like, a little bit different from what he normally goes after because, like, Chelsea can be a team that goes after for star studded players, but then can also be that team that, you know, like, goes after and gets these, like, promising young players and see how they pan out, like Oscar and Eden Hazard. Uh, but. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ancelotti has proven to be able to win everywhere. It's funny how like Jose Mourinho says he's the special one, but I mean he's never done anything that Carlo Ancelotti has done. Mm-hmm. And Carlo Ancelotti has done basically everything that he's done except for winning the Europa Conference League. Um, yep. Which and had to, Jose and had to Mourinho do an offer has... wedding proposal. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, is it possible? I. Like I don't know because obviously you have to wait till the end of the season for that right. to happen. It's not necessarily a January transfer window that could happen. Uh, I but I also think that like I think Manchester United is going to try to com- uh, stay committed to Ten Hag because uh, I mean if that's the case they wouldn't be offloading players um, if they if they felt because you know the reason why they're doing that is because they're like okay Ten Hag you you feel like you, we don't we don't have the players so. We'll get rid. We'll lose. We'll get rid. We'll trim the fat, if you will. Which is crazy to say that when you're thinking of Casemiro and Rafael Varane. But yeah, I was like, what? I mean, fuck, like, dude. But I mean, well, I think I think Manchester United is gonna try to take a page from Arsenal, because I mean, let's face it. I mean, I'm. You've heard me talk very bad of Mikel Arteta. Um, Oh yeah. But you know. Arsenal stuck with him, and I mean, look, look how, look how uh, Arsenal's doing right now. And I think maybe Manchester United is like, maybe we're we're giving up too early on these coaches. Maybe, maybe we should have gave, uh, you know, Louis Van Gaal more time. Maybe we should have gave Jose Mourinho more time. I think you gave him enough time. Um, <laughs> maybe we didn't give enough time to Old Gunner. Maybe we didn't give enough time to Ralph Ragnick. Um, I feel like Old Gunner would maybe Cristiano Ronaldo out. was right. <laughs> <laughs> You know they're never gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I think they're gonna try to like stick with Ten Hag. Um, but 
I don't want to say the season's done for them, but like, because you know anything's possible. But like, I mean, the thing is, is also there's things that like Ten Hag does that I kind of don't agree with because like I see him uplifting Harry Maguire, I see him uplifting you know McTominay, but he doesn't do that for Rashford. He doesn't do that. Uh, he doesn't. I mean, he, he right now he doesn't want to touch Anthony with a ten foot pole. Um, which I mean, to be frank, I don't think anybody wants to right now. Um, it's like he he uplifts the players that we don't understand. But then, like when you look at Marcus Rashford, who's been going through a slump, like he hasn't done anything except bench him. Um, so it's it's weird. Like it's really weird to me. He's supposed to be this guy that knows how to work and develop players. You know, obviously he's a prodigy of Pep Guardiola, and all those things. So it's 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 interesting with me with Manchester United. I I I get what you mean from moving like you need to move on. And if Carlo Ancelotti doesn't take the 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 Brazil job or he just decides to leave Real Madrid, because I mean, the man has nothing left to prove at this point in, at Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't I don't blame him if he chooses to leave Real Madrid because he's done everything there. Um, it's like because uh, I mean, I will tell you when he when when Real Madrid let go of him. Uh, the following season after La Decima, I was pissed because I was like, dude, we just gave up like the best coach that this team has ever had. And granted, we did get Zandine Zidane from it, but like, it was just always such a head scratcher move. And honestly, let's be frank, Zandine Zidane was just, just basically copy and pasted what Carlo Ancelotti did. <laughs> it's not like he, it's not like he did anything masterful. Um, it's still, I mean, obviously, it's still like a good testament to show like, how he was able to stay the course and and keep the the team going. I mean, three straight you know Champions League titles and all that. Maybe go after Zidane. Zidane's not doing anything. <laughs> Basically, Carlo <laughs> he probably, Ancelotti. He probably doesn't want to deal with it right now. That's he's why been, they probably he, and not. he's been linked to Manchester United like numerous occasions. Yeah, I know. I remember that, but I don't see it happening. You know, I, I, I was I, the only reason why I can see why someone's like maybe not sur- certain of, of Zidane is because of the fact that he literally just copy and pasted Carlo Ancelotti. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. That's the winning strategy. It's like, you know what? It's like uh, Zinedine Zidane is uh, what's his name? Uh, oh no, uh, Carlo Ancelotti is um, that coach from Waterboy, the one that the Fonz played. Um, I forgot his name. Uh, Coach, yeah. Oh, Coach Klein. Yeah, Coach Klein. But then, uh, then Zidane was the guy who stole the playbook. You know, oh, who stole his plays. Became a championship winning coach. Yeah. No, I know. I I get all those things. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe I mean I don't know. It's not certain about Xabi Alonso. I know there's rumors of him going to Bayern Munich. There's rumors of him going taking over Real Madrid. There's rumors. Like, I, there's nothing, like, signed and sealed because, obviously, we don't – maybe for Fire Munich, maybe they might want to move on for two. Hey, do you want to kill? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, he, he's a, Don't get me wrong. He was a good coach. I feel like PSG wronged him in that sense. But they didn't give him enough I think time. also Chelsea wronged him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chelsea wronged him. God forbid, time. just because he didn't want Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, man. But, but – I feel like I don't know. I feel like Ancelotti could bring that team back. Yeah, maybe we'll see. But that's it's a Christmas wish list for a reason. But yeah, so Carlo yeah. Ancelotti, that's what you want for Manchester United. Santa Claus, if you're listening. <laughs> um. All right, we'll go. We'll go to Italy. 
Juventus and AC Milan. Uh, you want what, what do you want to do, Juve or want to do AC? Do AC. Okay. Uh, a doctor. That's what that team needs. <laughs> because that team <laughs> has been injuries? getting riddled with injuries. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you want a better, um, a better health staff, a better fitness, and you know plyometrics, all that good shit. Because right now, you. what's killing that team right now is the injuries, and it's not just Christian Pulisic. It is a lot of guys on that Everybody. team dealing with injuries. So, yeah, 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 hmm. definitely, definitely. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's get AC Milan a better doctor. <laughs> oh man, damn. Uh, but right. um, I know I know Zlatan Ibrahimovic is supposed to be joining the team as like a advisor or something like that. I think like a like a front office type of guy, a front office mm, sort okay. of position. Um, I don't think that really does anything, but I think that's cool. Um, but like uh, like honestly, I think AC Milan is like. Pretty. If anything, maybe maybe start bringing in players that, in case like for the guys that are going to get suspended for for the Italian betting scandal, maybe that's what the move would be. That would, yeah. That would <laughs> maybe be. Go, you know, maybe go get players that are not Italian. <laughs> so, oh man, uh, that might be the move. Uh, so yeah, maybe that's my solution. Get get re- just prepare for the Italian betting scandal suspensions because it's not it's that's going to be a lot of players. Um. Not not even just like you know like from AC Milan, but that's a, like in general. There's gonna be a lot of players, maybe except for Donnarumma because he didn't need a bet to make money. <laughs> he just had to poach mm. from PSG. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But all right, you <clears throat> so there's just been rumor going around. I don't know how true it can get, um, but I've heard that Tim Weah. That he's actually one of the transfers that Juventus has been looking at. Tim, where isn't Juventus? Oh, I'm tripping balls. <laughs> All right, we got him. <laughs> All right, well, my wish is left. No, to be to be honest with you, roll the Juventus credits, is... guys. We got him. <laughs> right, right. No, the thing is, like, everything everything has been has been going well for Juventus. It's really hard to find like a wish list of any sorts. You know. Um, you guys still have Chesney as your goalkeeper? No. Uh, let me see. I think no, honestly. No, maybe that's why they're doing so well. <laughs> yeah, Cheryl, tell me about it, dude. She. She. No, let me see. Um, yeah, because they've been they've been winning their games. They're actually, they're actually in second place. Um, I don't. That's funny. My hate for Chesney continues on. No, no, he's still their goalkeeper. Oh, that's a point. Damn, you've been hating. You've been hating. You've maybe, been hating. Maybe you want to upgrade that position. Long time. I hear Kaylor Navas hate- is available. Shit, I would honestly, dude. Do you remember? Oh God, bro! Imagine if if somehow Claudio Bravo was still available. Dude, that guy's got to be sold now. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if he was able, still able to play. Bro, I, I would. I still remember a, when he went dog. to when he left Barcelona and went to Manchester City and to not even play. Yeah, I know. It was so sad. That was uh, Josh Hart. I think was still the starting goalkeeper. Yeah, and then yeah. 
damn, what the fuck happened to him? Is he still playing? Didn't he, didn't he go to, like, the second division? The, the, he went to Italy. Oh, that's he right. He went to Italy first. Maybe went to, came back to England and played in the championship. But, yeah, what a name. Joe Hart. Joe Hart was Joe a beast. Hart, not Josh Hart. Uh, but Yeah, Joe Hart. Yeah, no, I, was, I, I said he was Josh English, Hart earlier. He was England's starting goalkeeper for the longest time. He, and he was a beast, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I still don't get that. I don't get Pickford right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, would I, you want to pick Joe Hart over Jordan Pickford? No, I'd take Nick Pope over over <laughs> them. <laughs> but well, I mean, Nick Pope's injured, so maybe that's why you pick you put Pickford. Uh, yeah. But no, yeah, man. Yeah, no, Juventus, but I mean, Juventus. Juventus is really right. good right now. Goalie, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 good right now. But maybe you know what it is. Maybe Chesney hasn't had to do a lot of work. Maybe the defense I mean, has been on point. I think they've been playing Timothy Way as a left back, actually. Or right really? back. Yeah, I mean, look how stacked that team is right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, um, And I like how the rumors if, have always been like, oh, yeah, we're going to move on from McKinney. And it's like, nope, McKinney's still there. <laughs> McKinney's still there, yeah. Nah, you know what? If if it came to that point, if it came to that. um, No, they love McKinney. Wise, no, 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 no. No, I'm saying like, I'm saying like goalie, goalie wise. Um, I would probably. Oh man, you know what? That I just realized. Uh, Ter Stegen's gonna be out for a while, huh? Yeah, he's gonna be out for. Yeah, Peña's been playing for Ter Stegen right now. Oh, okay, so, so you, you you feel like you're good on goalkeeper, or or would you? Iñaki Peña, eh, he's okay. Okay. He's not like oh. Right, so but it's like maybe maybe an upgraded goalkeeper. Okay, upgraded goalkeeper. Um, shoot, no man. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So we'll go to Borussia Dortmund. Is I, okay. I'm gonna say this for Borussia Dortmund, or, and tell me if you disagree or, or that you disagree with me or not. Go get Jaden Sancho back. Yes. Go get Jaden Sancho back. He needs playtime and Borussia Dortmund. Need him back. Yeah, just get the man back. Like, dude, go. Like, if it has to be alone, just do that. Like, just bring him back to Borussia Dortmund. Bro will be eating at Dortmund right now. And the way, like, the Bundesliga is looking right now, I mean, it. This, I feel, I feel this like is the most open. This is the most open the Bundesliga. And I thought last year was pretty open. But this is pretty open opportunity for, for the Bundes, in the Bundesliga. And I mean, Brizzy Dorman, you bring in Jaden Sancho back, adding with friggin' all the attack that you already have as it is, a healthy Gio Reyna. Yeah. Oh, man. That is by far lethal. Yeah, I, I would definitely say try try to bring back. I think that would be like to bring back uh, Jaden Sancho to Brizzy Dorman. That if would I be was the making that list. Dream. Well, no, that's the thing. It's like I was thinking about Jaden Sancho too. Uh, Okay. Or Dorfman, because we didn't really talk about Dorfman. We just that's we what just I was saying, Brissy Dorfman. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Jordan. Jane, no, let's say Jordan. Jane Sancho. Um. Back to the Dorfman. That would be the. That would be the dream. That would be the 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 wish list complete. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll wrap it up with the last team, and that is of course my Houston Dynamo. Uh, one game one game away from making it to the MLS Cup. 
Uh, I think it's very clear they need to go get a striker. <laughs> um, Corey Baird is leaving. He's going to Austin FC, it looks like. And I'm okay with that because he's not, he wasn't really that consistent. Um, yeah, they need to go get a nine because they thought they had a nine with, with Sebastian Ferreira, but that dude was too busy eating KFC in Mexico to actually give a damn about playing striker for the Houston Dynamo. Um, so I would definitely say I think this team is almost pretty perfect. I think maybe go get another winger as well, a playmaking winger, um, and then actually add like a, a real traditional nine. Uh, I know people are saying Chicharito, keep Chicharito away from Houston for me, please. Oh, um, man. As much as I love the guy, I know. Um, You're like, I'm looking to win. <laughs> I'm like, I, I want I want someone healthy. <laughs> um, but that's the interesting thing. Like, who is a player right now that can go, that could come in, maybe be kind of a sexy signing? Because um, I believe Steve Clark will be coming back. Um, hopefully, they bring back Griffin Dorsey. Uh, I think Franco Escobar kind of said that he's coming back. Um, you have that strong back line. Your midfield is disgusting as all hell. Alberto Carasquilla, he might be going to Europe. So you're probably gonna need to find another another midfielder of like of his quality, uh, but I think the striker is probably more important. Oof, I'm trying to think of like a a nine right now in Europe that could benefit them. Olivier Giroud is not leaving Europe. I want to. I just want everyone to hear that from me right now because as much as I would love to see Olivier Giroud in the Dynamo, what about, I was just to say, what about Lewandowski? If... Bro, bro. I'm about, uh, like, yeah, yes. <laughs> I would want Robert Lewandowski. Will he come to – I think he makes more sense for Chicago than anything else because of obviously the Polish uh, influence that's in, in Chicago. Yeah. Um, But, no, yeah, I would definitely love that. I mean, he's not going to enter Miami because, you know, Luis Suarez is willing to take a pay cut to go there. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, that would be not, that, that I think that would be – That'd be really nice to get like a Lewandowski, um, like an actual like strip, just nine, a guy that just stays in front of goal and just puts it in the back end. What, just like a tap in merchant? It does like people like people like really shame people for being tap in merchants, but I don't, I don't fucking care I mean, how you do it. Just fucking yeah. score a goal. Like I don't like. Does, does that matter to me? No. All I care is how many goals you have at the end of the season. Um. Like, Fuck out of here with that! Oh, you're just a tap-in merchant. Dude, fuck off, man. Um, yeah, I think that's. Or ooh, would Enzo Cavani come here? That might be a possibility. That actually might be a possibility, bro. Imagine Edison Cavani versus Luis Suarez. Ooh, get your bros. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that. Hey, it would be a Barcelona uh, PSG match all over again. Oh yeah, that's right. Dang, it's funny. Like when you really look back at like Edison Cavani's like resume, besides that weird short stint that he had at Manchester United, um, you know he was at Napoli, right? And then and then PSG. It's like just like not the resume that you would think of for a guy of his, you know, of his talent level. Like you would think he would be playing for one of the big teams. Um. Uh, but, dude, yeah, I would love like a, a like an Edison Cavani. 
to come to Houston Dynamo. But oh yeah, but yeah, a number nine. That's what I want for the Houston. It seems like the theme of my wish list is just that everybody gets a nine. It's just, you all get nine. <laughs> that's, that's that's what it, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're Oprah handing out all the nines. You get a nine. But you weirdly enough, that's what you these teams are missing. This is what those te- that's all what like my teams are missing. Real Madrid's missing a nine. I mean, I I think it's up to the up for debate with Arsenal, but I think you know if you had a, a more consistent nine, this team would probably be doing more damage than it is right now, and they're they're doing really good right now. So imagine if they had a nine. Um, it's you know AC Milan, they just need to be healthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we'll we'll see, man. We'll see what happens in the transfer window. Uh, but all right, the twenty twenty four Copa America drawing has been done. So, but. It's not official yet because we still have a playoff game, two playoff games that need to be done on March 23rd. So on March 23rd, we'll probably same thing where we, like I said, with the Euro, where once it gets closer, we'll do like a better preview of it. But March 23rd, we have Canada and versus Trinidad and Tobago, and Costa Rica versus Honduras. These are the teams that lost in the quarterfinals in the Concacaf Nations League. Uh, so. So, I mean, if Mexico would have lost to Honduras, they still would have had a chance. And judging that it's Costa Rica, they probably would have had a really good chance. Uh, but, but yeah, Canada and Trinidad and Tobago, Costa Rica versus Honduras. Um, just just right now, who do you think could come out? Who, who, could, who could come out from those two matchups? Mm. I don't know. You give me your, you give me your thoughts. Because I have a feeling that we may be in the same boat. So, Canada has looked awful uh, recently. Not saying that Trinidad and Tobago is any better. Um, but. No, but who would you pick out of Canada? I would and pick Trinidad Canada. And yeah, exactly. I would pick Canada regardless. I mean, they're not doing great, but it, it, you know, it's just like with all those names, right? Like all the names that we've been hearing about Canada, like, oh, Canada's on the up and up, you know, with Alfonso Davies and. And um, and damn, what's the, what's the striker from? From the, I think he still plays in France. Uh, Jonathan David, uh, with names oh, like Jonathan, Jonathan David, you know, Kyle Lahren, uh, you know, all the, like once again, they they have all these names now in Canada, where it's like, oh, Canada's in the up and up. Um, so they, I mean, they sh- they should they should still be able to compete. So I would still say, I mean, versus Trinidad and Tobago, I I would still fancy Canada's chances uh, on that point. Um, Costa Rica and Honduras. This can go either way for me. Uh, I, I would say Costa Rica. The thing is, is Costa Rica is so old. That is that's true. But it's like weird because Honduras. This is like. In a while, I've never seen Honduras be this good recently because Honduras was terrible for a good chunk of time. But it's like I guess they figured something out. They have like some young players now. But uh, I, you know, I'll say I'll say it right now. I think Honduras beats Costa Rica. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm, okay. You know, so maybe we early, weren't we weren't early. in the same boat. It's early. It's early. But yeah, that's what I have. But all right, the draw, man, the draw happened. Um, in Group A, we have Argentina, Peru. Chile and the winner of Canada and Trinidad Tobago. Um, really interesting group. I think we all know who's coming out of this group. Uh, but obviously it's Argentina. I don't think anyone's going to argue Argentina. Uh, 
Peru Peru wasn't isn't that same team anymore from the when they uh from that team in the World Cup. They just haven't been the same. Chile, oh, you know, it, it, I think I think the the issue right now with Peru and Chile is just that like all their top players are getting older, and you know, there's not really any names that are coming out right now from those two countries. Yeah. Um, and then Canada or Trinidad Tobago. If we're assuming Canada makes it, honestly, this might be Canada's best shot. Like Canada might have a really good chance to come out of Group A. <laughs> you think so? I think they have a good chance. They have a high chance. Like from with Peru, Chile, and Canada. Yeah. Like I, I, I think they have a good shot. I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna be easy, but like, like I said, like all, all these teams have like a. Yeah, but you know, kind of that, like any, like it's really anyone's game. I mean, Canada has like a really fair shot of winning, uh, at coming out, not winning the group, but coming out of the group. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's Group A. Group B is Mexico, Ecuador, Venezuela, and Jamaica. I'm gonna say this right now. I think Ecuador wins this group. Um, and this isn't me being a Mexico hater, but like, bro, Ecuador, like those young players, they're just going to get better and better as they get older, as they're like maturing yeah. and their, you know, quality of play continues. Also depends if Estupina is going to be healthy by, by that time. But like, dude, Ecuador can be a really uh, good team in this tournament. Um, I still think Mexico comes out of this group. Um, cause uh, same thing with Venezuela. So, like there was like a good period where like everyone's like this team has potential, but unfortunately, I think those players got are getting a little bit older now. Jamaica, I mean Jamaica. Jamaica has just their, has the yeah they have their moments. They have like that crazy ass speed down the wing, you know. And it's also them depending on Leon Bailey, which yeah he hasn't done anything. Like no offense to Leon Bailey, like I actually like I enjoy watching him play, but like. When it comes to playing for Jamaica, he's just not that guy. Yeah, he's he's not. No, I mean, I think Mexico he, I still think comes. Okay. I still think Mexico comes out of the group, but I think Ecuador has like a really good chance of winning it. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say I was like maybe Jamaica might make it out. I I just want to give them the benefit of the doubt because Jamaica somehow all somehow always performs. That's true. It's like, I'm, not, I'm not taking that away from them. You're absolutely right yeah. about that. All right. Uh, group C, we have USA, Uruguay, Panama, and Bolivia. I swear to God, man, USA must be pray well, was praying before this group drawing happened because <laughs> this is probably, I would argue, the easiest group. This is probably like the pillow of the group, the softest. Yeah. I mean, I know Panama's gotten better. I know Panama's a really good team, right? Is is getting better and better. You know, you you hear me praise every day, Coca Carasquilla. Um, but in the U.S., Panama doesn't do too well against USA. Yeah, true, true. I mean, Bolivia is Bolivia. I, I it was funny because at one uh, at my birthday party, we were actually talking about this group and like, oh, no, Bolivia could be really good. I'm like, bro. Their best player, the the the, they're like Bolivia's best player, uh, like legend in Bolivia. I forgot his name, but like you know, he's like the leading goal scorer in Bolivia. He retired. He's already done. Yeah, he's already yeah. Done. So I mean, like, who does Bolivia have? 
So I no, I don't think Bolivia. And even with him, Bolivia was was still not performing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, U.S. The only challenge would be Uruguay. Um, yeah, I think that, I, that... I think Uruguay comes out, wins the group outright. I I mean USA may maybe go like a nil nil draw against them, but like I I think Uruguay still comes out comes out the group as the winner. But I think USA has like a higher probability of coming out of the group coming out of the group stage. Like if they lose this group, they that's an embarrassment, and I would I would say fire Berhalter right after this, <laughs> which. Maybe no, 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 you don't I'm, want so, them to I win. want the I'm USA assuming. to win. <laughs> okay, I was about to say, I was like, you, you want them to lose? <laughs> the way it sounds or the way it seems. Oh, it's, man, like, it's, want... like a, it's like it's like having to watch Manchester City and Tottenham play. Like, I don't want Manchester City to win, but I don't want Tottenham to get points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of which, Tottenham did really well this weekend. Yeah, it was against... They they needed a result. There was they were god awful these last few ones. Son was shining, bro. Uh, he's the only bright spot for them. Um, <laughs> all right, Group D: Brazil, Colombia, Paraguay, and potentially Honduras or Costa Rica. Colombia's winning this group. I'm just gonna point that out. I'm just gonna say Colombia's gonna win the group. Brazil has looked like trash these past couple of days. Like is Neymar is Neymar is Neymar still injured? Yeah, he's still injured. I mean, he could be healthy yeah. by the time by the time this tournament kicks up. But like, yeah, this team is just like I don't know what's wrong with them. They have world class players. I mean, you know, when you look at that roster, Vinicius was in, also injured. Um, but <laughs> that's probably what it is, bro. Injured. Okay, injuries, maybe bro. they need a new doctor. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but like, it, like it, it goes back to what I was saying about the the Argentina Brazil, like that whole debacle that happened before the match started, where you had like the Argentinian players going trying to. Def- Once again, I'm not praising them for going over there because I don't know what the hell they were supposed to do, but like, they tried to do something and then they tried to make a statement by walking off the field and getting into the locker room. Meanwhile, Brazil's just not doing anything, and it's just like there was no direction for Brazil. And yeah, it was still a battle because it's Brazil versus Argentina. Obviously, it's going to be a battle till the end, and it was a one 0 win for Argentina. But like, like, there's no like real like sense of direction with this team, and you can blame the coaching, and you can even blame the captain on that because like, you know, like Argentina, they'll fight and kill for Messi, and I think legitimately yeah. they might kill for they actually might actually kill for Messi. Yeah. Whereas for like Brazil, like there's just nothing with them, like. It's like, and I'm not saying they don't care because obviously they do care because of the legacy. Of what it's like, did. it's like the fire is gone. Maybe, you know what? There's a correlation now. Santos is terrible. Maybe that's what it is. Because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, try to prove me wrong, but like, Brazil was definitely great when Santos was green. <laughs> yeah. Probably also because of Pelé, but, you know, who am I to judge that? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, I, I, I still, it, it, I I still think Brazil comes out of it. I I don't think Paraguay has necessarily the talent to to compete. Honduras or Costa Rica, regardless of who goes in there, they're gonna get they're gonna get they're gonna get spanked. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> what you don't you think they won't? I I don't think they'll get spanked, but you know they'll oh, have getting, a hard they're time. Spanked. 
they're getting spanked. Like their 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 easiest competition is Battle White, and I still think Battle White will put in work on them. I mean, Battle White, they're dogs, bro. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Honduras and Costa Rica can compete with those guys. And then, bro, Colombia, Colombia is really good. <laughs> Colombia's good. But have you seen any like new, new young talent? Because that's not James Rodriguez, Cuadrado, you know, Luis like. Diaz. Luis Diaz, I tell you, he's a beast. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to know off the top of my head, but I know Luis Diaz. <laughs> this dude here. Luis Diaz. Who else? Luis Diaz. Sound like my dad over here. <laughs> I didn't say I, I was going to list you other players. I just said, like, I mean, you said name a young player. You didn't name Luis Diaz, so I named it for you. Duan Zapata. Remember? Yeah, but he's, he's you think he, pretty old, man. I mean, he might, but yeah, but he might go and play. No, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, let me see. Let me see the last Colombian roster. The, the last Colombian roster. You know, talking. Well, to be nice. fair, well, well, I was gonna say Cuadrado's been playing as a as a left back, right, or at right back. I believe so. So he's been playing like def- defensively winger, you know. Um, All right. So their, but... their last matchup, they had. Uh, Bore Mauri up top. Don't know who that is. Arias, I know who that is. Uh, James Rodriguez, yeah. Luis Diaz, uh, Lerma, Castaño. Uh, their back line was Borja, Lukumi, Mina. Oh, I, I know that guy. Uh, Munoz. Yeah, no. And uh, Vargas was the goalkeeper. Um, yeah, I mean, I know some of the players. But, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still a pretty good team. Yeah, but like I said, I I I'd rather take I take my chances. I think Colombia could, is going to win the group, um, because I just don't know. I mean, unless Brazil somehow just figures it out by then, I would. I mean, it. Anyone would tell you if they if they didn't know anything about soccer, they would definitely say Brazil wins it because the expectation of Brazil. Yeah, but like, exactly. But like you know. I just don't know, man. This team, this this Brazilian team has been like, it's not Brazil. It just like when I watch them play, I just don't feel like it's Brazil anymore. It's not that that nostalgia that you and me had when we grew up on, you know, the R nine and Ronaldinho era is just not the same team anymore. That uh, Joga Bonito, it's not there. Yeah, it, it's it's like it's so t- it's so hard to watch. It it, it 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 lost its luster, to be honest with you. Like Brazil. Brazil lost its luster. It's like it's no longer there. Like Neymar's the one that brings the Joga Bonito in, but it's like back then it was like Kaká, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, like everybody. But what I think it is now more is just like there's just that pressure now. Like it, that's what it is. I it just has to be that. Like there's this pressure now where we're Brazil. We we own this tournament. We own the World Cup. Like we're the best team in the World Cup. You know, and it's like that's the pressure that these all these young Brazilians have to go in, and they have to go. Basically, they have to, yeah, they have to go in with the weight already on their shoulders. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and I think with the style of the Joga Bonito style, like it's it's you know, it's free flowing. It's 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 loose. It's 
It's like it's like what Bruce Bruce Lee has always said, like be like water. You know, it's his adaptive play style that is like. And I think it's also the fact that like a lot of other countries now use that style of play. Um, like it's like it's it's like you you know. Everybody well, does it now. To be fair, to be fair, back then, two thousand two, two thousand six. The Brazilian playing style, it was all Joga Bonito, and yeah, they were the only ones that did it. But literally, out of eleven players, maybe nine or ten or nine or eight of them basically played that style. Now it's like you have like one, two, or three, and then everybody else just plays rough, like plays simple. So it's like they don't have that fluidity. Like they 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 try it, and it's like sometimes it pans out, sometimes it doesn't. Gabi Jesus, Neymar. Uh, who else can I use? Um, those are really the ones that I know that are like still kind of like Joga Bonito. Like they'll go ahead and do step overs. They'll go ahead and do like snakes stuff like that. Um, like over like behind the behind the heel pass, like the like Cristiano Ronaldo pass. You know what I mean? Like they'll they'll do that kind of centers. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of another one that's recent that I can be like, oh yeah, you know. He he can do all that. Hell, if anything, like like you say, how every country does it. Like now, every country maybe has like one or two players that may play in that style. I mean, for the Netherlands, it's uh it's um Depay. You know, he'll do like his little flicks here and there. Um, shit, you got a uh, you got Polistic who's able to be to do those kinds of skills. Like he's able to to pull off those skills. Mm-hmm. But it's like. You would you'd expect Brazil, including their defenders, would be doing that stuff. You know, even if they were defenders, like they would still be playing around, joking around. Like even during training, like they'd still be doing uh, certain drills. It was all about you know keeping the ball up. When it was like Robinho, Ronaldinho, Roberto Carlos, you know, hell, like even even the stiff ones like Lucio, you know, Cafu, like they they would do shit. You know, they would they would pull tricks out of their bag, but it it would come out. Like you said, fluid. It would be be natural. It wouldn't be something that was forced. Now it's like Brazil feels like it's forced. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. I just, it's not the same Brazil that that you and me used to watch when we were kids. Um, Yeah, it's tragic, but but it it is what it is. But uh, you know, when you look at this at at this entire tournament, at least the group stage. Honestly, man, I don't think there's a single group of deaf here. No. It's like you you can see the clear winners. Like you can see who is gonna get it's, out of that. Like there's no, like there's tough matchups in each group. Like obviously, uh, Argentina and Chile is gonna be a a, a tough matchup because there's rivalries between the. Oh, man, it, 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 another thing we were talking about when we were talking about that Brazil when I was talking about that Brazil uh, uh Argentina game, because everyone's like, why why was there fight breaking out? I was like, oh, you know, well, you know. Fan, you know, fancies another member of the team, but I, another fan of of the other country. It's Argentina, Brazil, so there's there's obviously like a deep rivalry, and like I was like, unfortunately, like politics does get involved. Um, when you especially when you think of like South America, like you mm-hmm. know the way Argentina, Argentina and Brazil view each other, um, does does affect things in some sense. But uh, but anyways, go kind of go back, but like in Group A. Obviously, Argentina and Chile is gonna be uh, the tough, the tough mat, at least the matchup to get your popcorn ready for. Um, group B, I mean Mexico versus Ecuador. 
I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, Group C, USA go to Y. I mean, who's not going to want to watch that game? Uh, And then Group D, Brazil and Colombia. Now, like, am I going to watch those every single game? Yes, of course I'm going to watch every single game. But, like, <laughs> but like for, like, the, the, the non-Copa America watcher, like, who's going to – there's – What are the games – basically, what are the games you would recommend is what you're saying? Yeah. And and those are the games. Argentina, Chile, Mexico, Ecuador, USA, Uruguay, Brazil, and Colombia. I mean, USA and Panama might be fun. But, like, yeah, there's not, like, a a clear, like – group of death here. I mean, if I were to pick a group of death, maybe group A. And it's not because, like, Ar- I mean, Argentina is going to win it, but, like, you just don't know between Peru, Chile, and if 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 Canada, if Canada comes out of the group, because I don't know if Trinidad and Tobago can offer the same competition, but, uh, but if you were mixed Canada into that, amongst those three, you don't know who comes out of the group. Yeah. So, so maybe that 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 would be the group of death is group A, but it's like a very weak group de- group of death. If that makes any sense, so. it makes sense. Yeah, but all right, uh, we're gonna go ahead. That that is the twenty twenty four Copa America. We'll have a better, an actual like real preview of it when we get closer to the tournament, um, and then obviously come to those playoff games. We'll. We'll preview that one when we get to it, but obviously that's all the way in March, and we're still in December, so we'll get there when we get there. But but that is just with the groups, and so we could get an idea of the matchups. But we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and then you're gonna hear me and Jose recap the 2023 MLS Cup final, and then segue right back to me and Edward talking about the Liga, previewing the Liga Mekis final. Are you ready to elevate your sports betting experience? Look no further than DraftKings Sportsbook. Why choose DraftKings Sportsbook? Unmatched variety. Bet on your favorite sports leagues or discover new ones to follow. Live betting. Test your instincts and feel the adrenaline as you bet in real time while a game unfolds. Promotions and boosted odds. DraftKings keeps the excitement going with a range of promotions, odds boosts, and special offers. And a user-friendly interface. Whether you're a seasoned better or new to the game, DraftKings' intuitive platform makes placing bets a breeze. Ready to dive in? BillyUp Sports has partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook to give you an exclusive offer. Sign up at dkng.co forward slash bellyup150 and new customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet $5 or more. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your love for sports to the next level. Sign up today and let the games begin. Please gamble responsibly. 21 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. All right, guys. MLS Cup is officially over. We have a champion. Congratulations to the Columbus crew for winning their third uh, MLS Cup. Weirdly now, they have a trophy for every year, they've, every single badge they've had, um, every version of the badge they have won. Well, I guess, yeah, no, every single one. Yeah. So that's impressive. But obviously, <laughs> we got Jose Tejas of Goals TV here. Uh, who's been helping us cover the MLS Cup playoffs because either that or it just be me talking and Edward just crickets because, you know, Edward doesn't really give a shit about about MLS. Maybe if Luis Suarez goes to Inter-Miami, maybe he'll give a shit, but or Lewandowski <laughs> comes. Uh, maybe. We'll see. What happens? We'll see what happens there. I'm trying to convert him. It, it's not working. Um, every time I take him to, to a Dynamo game, it, it just seems to, if anything, make things worse. 
so <laughs> not this season though, bro. Not this season. You got some some uh the bandwagon started, you know, accept applications now, I think. It's funny though, like he he still refuses to affiliate himself with the Houston Dynamo, but he hates Austin FC. <laughs> bro, that he's he, hey, he's he's starting off on the right foot then. He's starting off on the right foot, 100 percent so yeah, I'm also a fun fact. Everyone has family and backstrop. So, <laughs> oh wow, okay, well then there you go, bro, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. But yeah, uh, but yeah, of course. Before we get to uh, MLS Cup Finals, though, obviously, Goals TV. Goals TV is a streaming service that covers soccer content here in the United States. So if you guys want to know what us Yanks are thinking about the beautiful game, whether you call it football, soccer, football, don't know any other language. Uh, so <laughs> if you guys want to know what we're thinking well there is your your place to cover it if you guys are intrigued by the usl and you want to know more about the usl championship well this guy got the usl to cover highlights and coverage will be available on gold tv it is free right now to go ahead and check it out so jump on it before you guys gotta start paying because then uh things get a little tricky but but yes <laughs> gold tv great platform happy to be a part of it um and this is the guy right here behind gold tv uh, yeah, bro, I appreciate that, man. And yeah, and just just to kind of piggyback on what Hector said, man, it's an exciting time, I think, for Goals TV right now. I know MLS is concluded. For those who don't follow MLS, you missed out on a hell of a season. We'll talk about it today. It was uh, honestly, man, probably one of the more exciting ones in history just due to the sheer number of games. Obviously, Messi Mania plays into that, too. But a lot of that excitement captured on Goals TV, man. Head to golz.tv, whether you're a USL fan, MLS fan, if you're watching Champions League today, um, if you're a Prem guy, whatever it may be, man, interviews with professional players, professional highlights are on there as well. There's a lot for you to consume. So again, uh, massive shout out to anybody who supports Goals TV. Yep. All right. So the MLS Cup final happened. Columbus Crew beats Los Angeles FC two to one. Which this was Jose Tejas' prediction. Um, I will say, aside from the scoreline, did this game go exactly how you thought it was going to go? Exactly is probably not the word I would use, but I think ultimately on a grand scale, yes. I didn't expect quite as much, um, how do I say this, a dropping of the ball in LAFC's part. I saw a lot of criticism of Steve Tarundula, like a lot as a coach. And when I really think, I don't I, I don't think that the fault is on him whatsoever. I think it was bad execution by LAFC for the first 30 plus minutes of that game. It was a lot of crew dominance. We saw them go up 2-0 early because of that inability to execute from LAFC standpoint. Um, for anybody who I saw on the timeline blaming Chirundolo, I think it's a lazy take. I I, I really do. I, I just think that the guy's tactics allowed LAFC to remain not just undefeated in playoffs, but really without conceding a goal for 300 plus minutes. Um, I think he had a perfect game plan. It was just, you know, it was stifled by Wilfred Nancy and the crew and, uh, but I, I do think maybe for some of those LAFC players, I don't know if the moment was too big or if they felt pressure to keep up with the crew's style of play and how dynamic it is. I don't know. Um, I, I'm not going to blame the manager, though. I think he helped get them there, and it was really on the players to to, to perform. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I expected the crew to to, to dominate. Don't like I, I don't want that to get twisted. It, I expected the crew to really kind of own possession, probably have the majority of the chances but because LAFC have Denny Bowanga, the leading goal scorer in the league, because they have that insanely dominant back line led by Chiellini, who, who just retired, right? Um, I, all of those things in combination, I just expected a little bit more. The goal was great. You know, soccer or football is a game of moments, and moments like that can change a, a championship match 100%. 
Um, but shout out to the crew. They didn't let that happen. They they kind of, after that goal went in, they tightened the lid a little bit, um, make sure to keep everything in front of them and saw the game out. So ultimately, I, I did predict 2-1. It's exactly what it was. Uh, but I think the scoreline, if you did not watch the game, could have been deceiving, right? Maybe make you think the LAFC was a little bit more in it than they actually were. Um, all in all, it was a great MLS Cup final. Um, I think that it was a it, it was a cap to, in all honesty, a really exciting and pretty damn interesting season. Yeah, I was I, I, the way I think the game did go. I wouldn't say exactly, but I kind of similar to what you said, like ultimately the same. Where it did, I did feel we were going to get that possession from Columbus Crew, which Columbus Crew did have sixty percent of the possession of the game. Um, I think for me there was that moment where obviously I predicted a three one scoreline. There yeah. was moments where I felt like that was going to happen. And I did say that, hey, I think there's going to be a goal from LASC that gives the fans some hope. And I would I would have hope. And I, as soon as I saw Chris Ramirez come in, I was like, there we go. That's going to be the guy that puts in the dagger. But yeah. it didn't happen. I want props to LAFC for, for sticking it out defensively. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, and, uh, of course, Columbus outshot them 14 to 11. Shots on goal. Both teams had five shots on goal. Uh, it, I think – I think it was two teams performing very well to their to their styles, which Columbus obviously possession, the style of what Wilfred uh, Wilfred Nancy has been preaching since day one of how this team is going to play out. Uh, you know, the midfield played spectacular, uh, for in my opinion, from from Columbus Crew. Uh, the back line, I think, kept LAFC in it, and obviously, all that was missed was all they had to do was just hope for that big moment in the counterattack, and it did happen. Denny Buanga did, in fact. Get that moment for him, um, scoring in the 74th minute. But after that, uh, Columbus just closed up shop and made sure nothing else was coming in. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, bro. All really you could say at that point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And look, and there was also a lot of people that I saw because I, I think during the game, um, I don't know anybody who here, you know, who, who may tune into Insert Name FC was following um, guys like Rave Green TV during the game. He actually brought me in on his watch along stream we were kind of talking about how the game was going it was still 2-0 at that point right before Bowanga scored and you know it's kind of crazy to see how confident through fans really were right and I, I say crazy because in my opinion right and it's probably the opinion of I think majority of fans who followed this game for quite some time irrespective of the league that you follow or the clubs that you follow 2-0 is the most dangerous score line in the game period, right? It instills a level of confidence that allows you to get a little bit complacent, maybe lazy with your passes, maybe slightly slower with your defending. Um, you, you give way to those things because you feel like you have a comfortable lead. And then it's crazy how fast that changes when one goal, one moment shifts the momentum. And I think that's what it did. I, I think LAFC did put some real pressure on Columbus crew towards the end of the game. Hector, you mentioned Christian Ramirez coming on. I think he, he didn't score a goal, but to me, what was just as impressive or important from his perspective was the final minutes right you can tell how much of a veteran this guy is i think oh, young uh, forcing that corner kick exactly bro like like, like how much how, how much did the crowd get it got get into it with that move right he could have easily tried to go for goal maybe he misses an lafc counters and then you wonder what happens on that counter attack but instead the veteran leadership and the mindset comes into play He's like, you know what? I'm going to ice this game entirely, and I'm I'm going to get the crowd into it. This is going to be a little physical moment, and it was. He held off two LAFC defenders in the corner by himself, forcing a corner kick, and and then getting the crowd into it, right, in that corner. Um, I think you, you could just tell that this Columbus crew team, from top to bottom, whether they've actually been there or not, 
in the past, they were acting like it, right? Um, and it, it wasn't this emotional moment for them. It was clinical. It was, we, we know what to do in the scenarios. We're going to see this game out. And it felt like, um, you know, the, the, the better team was going to win. But I think it's just, what I'm pointing at, though, is just how confident I think Columbus Crew fans really were. And it goes to show you anything can happen in this game and in MLS. Um, you know, the final... It's it still had uh, you know some decent opportunities to go the other way in LAFC's favor. It just didn't didn't fall that way. So uh, Columbus Crew fans, I mean, especially the actual diehard Crew fans, congrats! This was a hell of a final, hell of a season. And I'll say this too, as far as individual players go, I think if you're building a Mount Rushmore for Major League Soccer tomorrow, I think Darlington Nagby has to be one of the four that goes on there. I think absolutely, the guy is a winner through and through from the start of his career, which I will consider collegiate soccer. He was a national champion there. He's now won four MLS cups with three different sides in major league soccer. I I don't know how you can't include him. I think the crew are probably considering themselves lucky to have him. Um, And I'd be really curious to see what he does next, man. But that guy um, deserves all of his flowers. The crew deserved to win it, you know, this season. And, I think hopefully what they've done, if we're all lucky, what they've done is create a blueprint that other teams can follow that will just make this league much more exciting um, to follow long-term. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Darlington Navi winning his fourth MLS Cup. I mean, he's won everywhere he's been to so far. Uh, come to Houston. Uh, but, <laughs> For real, man, seriously. Yeah, it, it, but I, I think you, you pointed something out. I, I think when you think about – MLS is still such a young league. I mean – yeah. Shit, uh, MLS is almost my age. Um, almost. Very I'm, not true. Gonna say, I'm, I'm still older than the MLS. That doesn't help my confidence <laughs> out in any way. But, uh, but it's still a young league, so we're still like the 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 years of the old MLS. Like, yeah, there were some greats that came from there, but I think, you know, looking at this modern modern era, but once again, still young league. We're gonna there's gonna be t- we're gonna be those old men in rocking chairs talking about Darlington Nabby. Um, Joseph Martinez when when he wasn't injury prone like those those types of guys that you know if we were to make a Ru- Mount Rushmore today maybe Darlington Abbey is definitely a shoe in I don't know about Joseph Martinez but there is some greats also there but uh and then also I think Wilfred Nancy man to come in into the situation um and knowing that this team just needed to have a mentality in and I think that that's a, such an important thing is you know, just just because you're getting a new coach doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, everything has to start all over. Sometimes a quick little revamp, changing the mentality of the players is, and I mean, example, the Dynamo, the mentality changed over there and look yep. where there are. A, a simple change of mentality can make a team from someone that maybe some people were not thinking much about to doubt killers. And that's what Columbus were. They had that killer mentality to go in and not be afraid of facing off who they had to face off, you know. Yeah, talking about going to Orlando and and compete against Orlando, handle their business against Orlando, going into FC Cincinnati and handle their business. I would honestly tell you if if LAFC was the home team, I think with the mentality that Columbus Crew had, they could have also won in LA. Just the mentality of what this team had, and you you can tell that they were fighting for Nancy, um, but Nancy becoming the first uh, black coach to win an MLS Cup, which sounds crazy to me. Uh, to think that th- that we're that we're now getting our first coach, but once again, the league is super young, yeah. So it, it does make sense to some accord, but but yeah, and I think also Donaldson, Nambi, and Wilfred Nancy are also the first coach captain uh, partnership that are black to win. I mean, 
if we're, if we're going there, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it, that that's also one to point out, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a simple change of mentality, but I, I, I want to go back to what I said. If they were to be in LA, do you think the result would still be the same? If those two specifically were in LA as opposed to Columbus? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think because I look, I, I, here's an interesting take on Wilfred Nancy, right? I think it's, it's, it is crazy that in 2023, he is the first black coach to win MLS cup, but you said it for yourself, it, the league's super young. And I will say this, the league, in my opinion, has never been super focused on high levels of coaching. If anybody missed the news around Dean Smith coming to, to Charlotte FC, that was announced this week as well. It's a really interesting um, signing, right? A sign of maybe a shift. I know some, you know, if you're an Aston Villa fan, you may or may not agree with this, right? But I consider Dean Smith to be a step up in coaching when it comes to what this league is able to offer on that front. Um, and, you know, people can say, oh, he got fired for Steven Gerrard, who wasn't that good of a coach either at Aston Villa. I mean, that's true. But he also spent three years there and he got them promoted um, from the championship um, to, to to the Premier League in a way that I haven't seen a, a lot of managers do and do it with a, a very budgeted side, so to speak. So, you know, I think with Major League Soccer, it's going to be a different kind of test for him. But I think if he's successful, it, can, it will also really prove that this this league is ready for more Wilfred Nazis. It's ready for more dynamic coaches who can introduce modern tactics and not have this league feel like it's so... I guess cookie cutter. I don't want to say it's 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 less tactical or or it's not as um uh, as talented of a of, of a player pool within the league. I mean, I I think personally, you know, MLS is actually growing in a really decent way on those fronts. But the one area I've always felt that we've been missing out on has been from a coaching standpoint. And Wilfred Nancy put all of that on display. I think he's a fantastic coach. Um, I saw a lot of shouts for Wilfred Nancy saying that this could be one of the best coaches MLS has ever seen. That's probably true. But again, I think it's just because the bar has been set relatively low. And I'd uh, like I, to I stand by Dominic Kinnear. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will fight for that, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, look, at, at the end of the day, man, it's like, like you know, o- overall, right? I just think that there's a, there's a changing of the guard. And I really think that, you know, um, what he was able to do with this crew team in such a short amount of time, what Ben Olsen was able to do with the, with the Dynamo in such a short amount of time, will just show that you can be nimble and flexible in a, in a short span in, in the same season if you wanted to um, and try and have something shift back in your favor. I know... The Austin FC fan base must agree with this wholeheartedly, man. To go through everything that way they went through this past season with Josh Wolf and just constantly hear um other parts of the fan base or other folks saying, trust the process, you got a new sporting director, let, let give him time to do what he needs to do. And that those all those things are true. But I you- want pre-core to suffer. <laughs> I want pre-core to suffer as long as he's I I'm I'm so happy that he had to like now see Columbus yeah. win two championships since he pulled that. That attempt to move to Austin. Um, yeah, bro, I'm telling you, man. Um, and and look, I, I, I again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be as unbiased being an FC Dallas fan here as I possibly can. And, you know, I think whether it's Austin FC or anybody else, I think that it, it's just, you know, you kind of said it already. There's now a blueprint for how you can quickly shift some things back in your favor. Will you be able to control everything? No. But I think that if you, if you really understand where you're going, how you want to get there, you can make the player decisions the the coaching hiring decisions the right way. And that's what I think both Houston Dynamo, the Columbus crew, and maybe a couple other teams around the league were able to prove out this year. And this is not just for the teams that are, you know, 
quote unquote unsuccessful up to this point, right? Or that are really struggling at the bottom of the league. This is a shout to everybody. The like teams like the Philly Union included, right? Teams that have gotten that close, right, to 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 being on a path to winning a real championship and then just falling short year after year. There is a way to shift the tide. And I think the crew were able to really prove that out with Nancy. Nancy's a great coach. I don't want to diminish what he's done, but I, I think it what the, the louder message that I'm trying to echo here is that coaching as a whole across all of MLS can improve. It should improve. And that should be our goal. If coaching improves at a, at a high level across the majority of the teams in this league, the players improve, the matches themselves improve, and the viability of this, of, of this league long-term just becomes you know, significantly higher as, as we continue to grow. Yeah. I think, uh, I think when you were talking about earlier that I feel like at one, there was a point where MLS only cared about athleticism, I think. And I think we can even go, I I can, I can speak a little bit of it just because obviously I, I, I was working with the Dynamo Academy where the, the direction of the player profile, if you will, was looking for players with a high athletic ability and, and even though I think that there's value with freakishly freakish athletes, it, it, but also the other thing is that, and I think what we saw with Wilfred Nancy is, is a, is a point to prove is that technical ability still has its value. Um, just because you're not the fastest guy on the team, but you have the best vision and best touch of the ball, um, which I think Darlington Nabby also is a prime example of it. Yep. Um, letting t- age not be a factor to his, to his game. Um, also evolving his game as well. Um, but I mean, you know, this year alone, MLS MVP Lucho Acosta does not fit any of of that prototype that you know that these MLS teams are are looking after um, of just those freakish athletes. Like he may, he's not necessarily the fastest guy on the field. He may not be the, he's definitely not the tallest guy on the field. <laughs> and you know, but he he was proven to be the best player that season. And, yeah. and I mean. They're gonna have, and I think a lot of MLS teams are gonna start eating that up, especially when you're looking to see Messi for a full year. We're gonna have Messi for a full season uh, next year, uh, where he's gonna. We're gonna learn more that you don't need to have the fat, the 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 freakish. You don't need a team full of freakish athletes. Like we don't need a team full of LeBron James to to win. You know, to be competitive in in soccer or football, because and I mean I think that's one of the reasons why we have so many soccer fans get offended when. You know, when Americans want to put out their potential all-time lineup for soccer, and it's just Tyreek Hill and Jalen Ramsey and and LeBron James. Like, we don't need freakish athletes. We just need guys that can play the ball perfectly. Maybe throw in a few freak athletes here and there. And I know some of you are going to use Cristiano Ronaldo as an example, but the man also knows ball. So, I mean, like, it's not like he just runs and kicks ball. Like, he, he there's a reason for it. So, I think... MLS, the thing that they had, at least for quite some while, was they had athletes. They had guys that are just good with the ball, pace merchants, K-Cal. Um, and now you're seeing now where there's going to be value for technical ability. Yeah, I agree, man, wholeheartedly. You know, it's it's it's, it's crazy to me that you bring up the subjects. I, I, I've had some really avid talks about this. I think um, to, to kind of put a bow on what you said about technical ability versus athletic ability, if you really think about, um, the nations, let's say, right, that are the most successful at this sport, right, and 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 the leagues that we tune into as fans every week. The Premier League is the biggest league in the world. It just is. It's, it may not be the most successful when you think about how the individual teams have done it at a continental level or 
um, or even how their national team has done, right? But they are the biggest league in the world, the most fun to watch, I guess you could say, um, on any given week. What's crazy about England is that at the international level, they're not very successful at all. And, and why is that, right? Because in my opinion, the English Premier League, what separates it from almost any other league out there, why it's fun to watch is that it's physical. These are big guys. They're fast. The ball moves from one end to the other very, very quickly. They there, there aren't too many technically gifted dribblers in that league. The league is about efficiency. Even, even in a team like Manchester City under Pep Guardiola, the, the I, I almost feel like I had this take that Pep Guardiola has killed football, in my opinion. He has murdered what the winger used to be. The winger used to be the most gifted, most technically gifted uh, and sound dribbler on the pitch. And now you get some of that, right? But 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 he's so efficient with his tactics that a lot of that has kind of died off as modern football has come into play. And so, you know, I, I, again, I'll go back to what I said. England as a country has not won a major tournament since, what, the 66 World Cup? And I think it's because their brand of football, the athletic brand of football, just is not superior in any way, shape, or form. The most successful countries globally have been the Brazils, right? The Ar Argentina's coming off of a World Cup victory. These other nations that are much more technically gifted, they've evolved the game significantly faster than England ever really has, and England has been playing catch-up. And the best players in that league are, are foreigners. They're imports, right? They're not, um, you know, outside of a handful of players, they're not English-specific. And that's the point that I'm making. Um, I think we, we, we go back to what we're talking about with Wilfred Nancy. He's kind of like the, in my opinion, the Arsene Wenger of MLS right now. In the sense that if you, if anybody here is older to remember when Arsene Wenger came to the Premier League, he was heavily, heavily criticized. I mean, to the point where like you would imagine, this was pre-social media days, but to the point where you would imagine that it had to affect his mental um, from the media, from from other players and teams, from other coaches, he was heavily criticized for wanting to bring in non-English talents. He believed that English talents weren't technically gifted enough to play the system and the style of soccer that he wanted to play. And so he introduced a lot of Asian talents, French talents, um, you know, just other other types of footballers that you just really weren't used to seeing in the Premier League. And that led to him forming arguably one of the greatest sides ever to play in the Invincibles, finding footballers like Thierry Henry, like Robert Pires, like Dene Bergkamp, like all of these guys, right, that are just so technically gifted at what they do. I think that's what Wilfred Nancy has prioritized. I think he's showing the league that athletes are, I guess, a great, you know, a nice to have, but they are not necessary, right? What is necessary are players who are always comfortable with the ball at their feet, regardless of how much pressure is on them, regardless of where they are on the pitch, and are not afraid to make mistakes, right? There's a there's a bravery to how they play. So I'm I'm I know it's a long tangent I just went on, but I think Wilfred Nancy has really kind of positioned what he's done as you know that revolutionary manager that what I, I feel Arsene Wenger was for the Premier League back in the early 2000s. No, yeah, I I, I exactly. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And like I said, there's things that I want to see the MLS change. Um, coming from someone that, that got to see what the youth level looks like. Obviously, you played in the youth levels in, in, in Major League Soccer when there was no structure. Yeah. Uh, but but even now where it's structured, like, there's still um, – I don't know how – like, I'm not trying to be critical about the Dynamo unless I potentially – maybe one day I could get a job back with them. Uh, but <laughs> – uh, because I've – and I've seen some of these kids, like, you know – 
also trying not to be put on any on any, any list at some point uh, here. But like some of the kids that I've gotten to see in in the academies, like there are some guys that have an incredible touch of the ball. Maybe not necessarily the fastest guy, not necessarily the biggest guy on the field. Um, but because MLS is like, no, you don't the at least for the Dynamo, I can't preach for the other teams, but no, he doesn't fit our 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 proto what, what our vision what our profile is. So yeah. move on from him and and so as a matter of fact, uh, I went to go see a, a Dynamo Academy game and I actually bumped into some of the kids that now got kicked out from the Dynamo Academy and now playing oh, wow. for some of the local clubs. And uh they're gonna go play against the Dynamo and I remember just telling them like, Yeah, piss them off, like make them regret you. Like that was literally the the one thing I told them before I left because I had to go do some things so I couldn't watch the whole game. But I told him, like, oh, you're you're playing for for this for this club academy now, huh? And he's like, yeah, all right, make them regret they cut you. Absolutely, and so, absolutely, bro. Yeah, I was just yeah, and I'm like, like I said, I I I wholeheartedly get the whole let's get this athletic freak. We can teach him how to play soccer kind of mentality, but. You know, I think, and I'm not sitting here telling y'all like I was this technically gifted player. Obviously, I, I'm on a mic, not on a pitch. So, <laughs> um, I feel um, you. But like, it it just sucks that like that American mentality, and I and it works for all you know for other sports. Like it works in basketball, it works in 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 baseball, it works in you know in football and all that. But soccer is just a little bit different of a game, and I I, and I think that like that just sprinting up and down the field isn't always going to work. Um, and so I think you do need that good mix. And I'm not saying, oh, because they're technically gifted, they they can't run. It's not that, you know, I think people have mistaken what technical and athletic means uh, from time to time just because there's different different definitions of it. But my definition yeah. is obviously just a pace merchant when I say athletic freak. Um, and then technical, like Messi is the prime example of what a technical player is. He's not necessarily the fastest guy on the field. He may not look like he's sprinting every play, but he knows where he needs to be. And he knows he sometimes he knows that the best option is not me. The best option is this other player. Um, you do need that good mix of athleticism and technical ability. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just think that there's some academies because they they're so focused on their profile that they don't think about, well, this kid is special at this thing and we can train him on everything else. That's why you have fitness team. That's why you have like athletic, you know, fitness coaches because that they're there to help them for that. And, and so, uh, but yeah, that that was my whole tangent. I'm I'm gonna get off my soapbox and hopefully Dynamo don't consider not hiring me ever again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but but look, I will say this, man. I mean, just to pick back on what you said, like you're right. I mean, you are. You're right. And like 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 like, man, there's a book I'm actually reading right now. Um, and if there are any, I'm a brand new parent. For those who don't know, my son's seven months old. Obviously, I have massive dreams of of him you know, maybe achieving some of the things that I couldn't achieve as a footballer if he wants to go down that path. But I think what I'm doing differently that um, I think my parents didn't do simply because human beings by nature are ignorant. Um, We only know what we know. We don't know what we don't know. Um, And my parents only knew what they knew, right? Um, I'm reading this book right now by Tom Beyer called Soccer Starts at Home. And dude, it is is a fantastic read, mainly because it's, it's harping on everything that we're saying right now. Um, this belief that, you know, you, you, you can't train a kid until he's at least six or he or she is at least six or seven years old. And, you know, they have to be, you know, they have to have the motor skills ready to, to start doing things with the soccer ball with their feet. And, you know, you should just put a goal in front of them and have them shoot and and do all those things and work on passing. 
No, right? I mean, at the end of the day, the best players in the world were all taught to do one thing first, and that is love and protect the soccer ball. That's it. And they can start doing that. And as young as one or two, as long as, as long as they're actually walking and moving their legs, they have the ability to learn how to manipulate completely with their feet, the soccer ball. And that's what they should be learning before they ever get a chance to touch a pitch or understand what positions are or tactics or a coach and players, just the whole dynamic of, of on pitch soccer before they ever get to that point, they need to first love the ball. And this book that I'm reading, Soccer Starts at Home, it's just so eye-opening, man. It's, you know, I, I can't even really remember when I really started, you know, practicing even on my own when I was a kid. But I think that, you know, if, if there are any parents out there who want to explore soccer in, in what I consider to be the right way and, in, you know, in a way that allows the sport to truly grow and allow America to be competitive on another level moving forward – I think we should embrace the philosophy that Tom Beyer has brought to that book, which is as, as at the youngest age possible, get them to love and protect the ball. Nothing else. Don't, don't worry about shooting, passing a goal, nothing else. If they learn how to manipulate a ball and love it and protect it, it doesn't matter what you put them on, what pitch you put them on. If it's a court, a field, whatever it may be, they're going to most likely be more technically gifted and probably a little more successful than the rest of the kids around them. And that's how you elevate the level, right? That's how you raise the level of, of competitive youth soccer in this part of the world is not by taking, like you mentioned Dynamo Academy, not by taking the small handful of kids at the top and moving them to the next level and discarding everybody else. You do it by raising the level of all of those kids you feel are not considered elite or at the same level as the top of that class, right? Get them to, to, to kind of make up the ground so that the majority benefit and when i say the majority i mean all of us right american soccer as a whole so yeah man i could be on the soapbox all day i i i'm learning so much right now as a, as a new parent and i'm trying to make sure my son learns in a way that i i really was never able to learn i i learned as a fan through my parents who who loved the game um and i i think that i i just copied kind of what i saw on tv when i was a kid and that led me to the academy for fc dallas but I, you know, I think if we're going to kind of do it the right way, I may not even introduce my son to competitive soccer until I don't even know when. I kind of just want him to love the ball, love it, play with it, take it everywhere you go and see what happens. No, yeah. Now, the, the, now that you mentioned that story, it actually reminds me of a, a funny story that my mom told me about me when I was a baby. Yeah. Um. So on Sunday, back when, you know, obviously I, I was born in L.A., but I moved here to Texas when I was 11 months old. But, uh, you know, uh, I think my uncle had like a team over there in LA. So they would play, you know, Sunday league. Uh, my uncle was actually pretty good. He, he you know, I'm, he's definitely one of those stereotypical uncles that said I could have been pro, but he actually was going to be <laughs> pro. He was actually playing reserve for a team in El Salvador, actually. Nice. Um, but uh, so that, you know, the, the family would go and watch my uncle play. And so my mom told me that there was this, there was this day where the ball just like got in, was in front of me. She was just there, you know, you know, with me. And I, I, I like crawled over to the ball. Obviously I'm like less than 11 months old here. And so I crawled, you know, I crawled over to the ball and then another ball just comes in and hits me in the face and like, you know, at like high speed. And so my mom <laughs> freaks out, comes and gets me and she sees that I'm smiling. And, and she said, I took two things from that moment. One, you're really going to love this game. And two, you're probably not all there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> or bro, your, your tolerance for pain is just massive. And I, which I is also kinda... pretty accurate, too, because I do have a pretty high tolerance for pain. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm telling you, man. And look, kids are more resilient than I think most of us give credit for. I'm finding that out now as a dad. And so 
I mean, uh, the one thing I don't want to shove soccer down his throat. That's not what I want to do. Uh, but I am firmly against this argument that like, oh, what if what if America's best athletes were were playing soccer? We we probably still be in the exact same spot we are now. I'm willing to bet that the national team that we have, preferably without Burhalter, the national team that we have here, USMNT, would take down uh, a super athletic LeBron, Anthony Davis, you know, all of these, all of these uh, other American idolized athlete stars, all on one roster. Um, I, I have a firm belief that a more technical team would completely run circles around them. Right? Yeah, it's I, a... I, I think when you look at 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 this U.S. team and, and you know, you look at some of the players that I rate highly, like Timothy Weah. Yeah. Athletic freak. I think everyone can say that. But what makes him so different and why I rate him, I honestly think I put him over a lot of people on the U.S. men's national team. <laughs> um, he, I think he goes uh, – he's very underrated. I don't know. I don't think people give him his flowers as much as he should. Yeah. But his dad is the only African player to have won the Ballon d'Or. His dad was George fucking Weah. Like, yeah. the dude's an Africa legend. And – Obvious, and, and I mean, I've watched a because I, you know, when you get you get curious, or you want to see the this guy's film. So I watched a little bit of George Weah highlights. Good luck finding it, but <laughs> it, it was a deep search. Uh, but I found some, and I mean, and when you think about that old school Syria style of play, which is probably the, uh, red cards if in modern day, uh, yeah. but he played in that, and seeing his technical ability, and it's like. That's what I see with Timothy Weah. It's like he knew his son was this athletic freak. Let me throw in this technical ability because I will tell you, Timothy Weah is a problem every game he's ever, I, I've seen him in. He's always a problem for Mexico. And I, I feel like most of the time teams are preparing for Timothy Weah because they know on that side of the wing, they cannot let that guy cook. And most of the time he still ends up cooking. Um, and I think that that's like a good example of what we're seeing from a lot of these American players. Like, you know, Gio Reyna. He's not an athletic freak, but he, you know, he was top. His dad was a ten, you know, and he he plays kind of similar but more evolved because he also got blessed to be with Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, and, and and you know he so he's getting that he's that's why he's considered one of the best players for the U.S. men's national team is because he's technical, technically sound. Christian Pulisic, another kid that comes from parents that played soccer, also pretty athletic, but you know he's got a good touch of the ball. I wouldn't, I would not want to do free kicks. But to be honest, I don't think anybody should be doing free kicks right now for the U.S. men's national team. Fair. Um, Except for um, me, Gio. Gio's probably the only one that's got some some wheels around that. But, yeah, I, I agree. But I think, like, when it comes to it, I think at the most important positions that the U.S. have, they're, most of them are some technically sound. I think Weston McKinney might be the one that I'm like, may not be great technically, he, but he's an athletic freak and he's great for set pieces. Yeah. Um, and weirdly enough, it's the kid that played in the ML, that, that has an MLS Academy background. Same thing with Tyler Adams. You can say the same thing. Maybe not the best with the ball, but he's a physical freak as well, and maybe needs to work on his health. Uh, but when then, you, but then it gets, but then it gets help because you have Eunice Musa, someone who came from a different academy background, different youth level, but has a good touch of the ball. Maybe he should be up for for at least corners. Um, but like I said, I think that you're seeing now that athleticism is now getting intertwined with some of these guys where yeah. you're like you say just because we have an athletic freak of all-star team whatever they people think it is yeah this this current u.s team could handle them yeah 100 percent, bro go look at uh, again when 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 you know we have champions league today when whenever you know you look at the teams that progress every year almost every year the spanish teams 
every single one of them seem to progress through to the knockout rounds. And when it comes to how many Champions League winners have come from Spain, obviously it helps that we have, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona. But like it, it, it the majority of them are, you know, from that part of the world. And why is that, right? It's not some coincidence. It's not the recruiting power of Real Madrid and Barcelona. It's the style of football that they play. And I think that that's, that's something that I think, you know, gets lost on this American fan base at times is that, um, you know, we, you need to adapt and change or die. And that, 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 that applies to MLS as well. We need to change and evolve how we go about instilling the game with our youth. And, and that's the, and if that's successful, that is the only time we're going to see this league, I think, be considered a true competitive league that other players overseas will find valuable. I think right now, if, if there's a change that I'm looking for for Major League Soccer moving forward, it is how we go about, of course, implementing everything that we're talking about at the youth level with academies, but even past that, right, going into our recruitment strategy. And I think that that's something that, that MLS is so outdated on, right, is like, you know, we're still, they're still trying to sign Luis Suarez to enter Miami. The guys openly admitted that he has to, you know, put two to three injections into his knees before every game. And they still want to bring him over as a DP. And I'm like, yeah, that'll put some asses in seats. It'll sell some kits. But, like, why are we not trying to find more Alan Velasco's, more Tiago Almada's? Go go into South America and and find some of these hidden gems that we can use to to, to really boost, one, the overall talent and just, just play match to match in Major League Soccer. But then even past that, right, just develop the, the next stars who are going to be viable in Europe and beyond. That, to me, should be Major League Soccer's biggest priority outside of expansion, outside of adding a fourth DP, outside of changing the format for playoffs. Like All of those things are, are great from an entertainment perspective. But if you want the league to be truly competitive, you need to find a way to produce the, the diamonds in the rough, the hidden gems. It is the, it is the only way that I think other leagues, other clubs will continue to do what they've been doing this past season, right? To see Gaga Slonina, you know, move on to, to Chelsea directly from Chicago Fire as a, as a young product. Um, we've had a couple others that I can't name off the top of my head right now that have gone on. Tiago Mada is expected to move on in a, in a record deal, right? FC Dallas has produced, I don't even know how many youngsters that are now playing for either the national team or in other teams across Europe. Um, you know, that needs to be the philosophy that not just, you know, a handful of teams throughout the league embrace but the league itself embraces and if they if, if they do right if they really truly embrace that all across the board we see multiple teams have success with that strategy it won't be long before we have to phase out the clubs that just seemingly don't care right the colorado rapids of the world they'll, they'll either have to keep up as a club competitively or risk dying off because at the end of the day, soccer is a business and you need to remain competitive in order to continue, you know, enticing fans to come back time and time again. So I'm hoping that that's where we see the biggest shift um, outside of that. You know, am I hopeful Don Garber will, you know, uh, implement some rule changes that allow this lead to grow the right way? Not really, but if he does, that'll be just like a, a cherry on top. Yeah. I mean, go, like moving forward to next year, um, obviously we're going to have a full season of Messi Mania. Yeah. Um, so get ready. Start saving up for that thousand dollar ticket that you <laughs> for, for your game. Um, yeah. But I think also because Don Garber, I think he mentioned that there will not be a fourth DP, and I'm sure a lot of people are very livid about that one. Um, but you know, there's even talks about changing the scheduling uh, because obviously uh, MLS or maybe not maybe MLS, but Apple TV now has League's Cup. Right? We have this tournament that happens in the summer. Um, everything stops for League's Cup. 
Matter of fact, I was playing EA Sports FC and I was trying to figure out why the fuck I didn't have a game in, in June, in July or August. Um, <laughs> but, it, it, but then I forgot about League's Cup. And, and I think, and it's funny because there's no League I'm Mackey's teams now in EA Sports FC, so I can't even play with a League I'm Mackey's team. But yep. League's Cup is the thing. So there's been talks of maybe MLS going to an Apertura Clausura style, which. Sounds great in hindsight. I, it's something that I've actually spoken about. But the only thing is, this is there's too many fucking teams. Like, yeah. this, this is too many fucking teams do an Apertura Clausura because you look at Liga Mekis, there's only like 18 teams in Liga Mekis. Like, so that that's why the Apertura Clausura works because they all, well, they don't have promotion relegation anymore. And I mean, if you were to do the Apertura Clausura, I would think that MLS would then have to devise a system where it does have promotion relegation, which I'm sure. At this point, I'm tired of hearing it. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, even with the new addition of San Diego FC, um, I just I just don't see it happening anytime soon because, once again, Americans just don't understand that. They just mm-hmm. don't understand what promotion relegation is. Um, and, and all they care about is, if, oh, we suck. We get a chance at a first-round pick, which most of the time we don't even see that player. Um, I mean, look at the Dallas Cowboys. They had – a, a first round pick is now kicking for the Dallas Cowboys now. Um, so, yeah. so like for me, the things that I, I would want to see change is I do think that they need to figure out a better scheduling format, maybe shrink the games a little bit because I mean, and this is going even with, I have issues with FIFA, which is like now there's just so many fucking games. Now you got the club world cup that they want to make it a big deal now. And it's just like, these players are going to get overworked in general. And MLS has already been doing this. Like, you know, during World Cups, MLS is still going. During international tournaments, MLS is still going. During international breaks, MLS is still going. So there needs to be a way to, like, make the schedule a little bit easier, less condensed. Um, playoffs is still going to be a thing that everyone's going to be preaching about because this round, of, the best of three for round one definitely was not it. Um, but I, I, and I think that yeah. we're going to have it next season. It's going to be back next season just because, like, they're not going to change right away after one year. Uh, but I, I think, I think just something simple as increasing the salary cap would be a beneficial thing. I think a better initiative to promote youth players would be a better thing. I think that if, if MLS clubs see that there's an, a, an, some sort of initiative to have, you know, academy players playing that there's going to be a little bit more incentive to utilize your academy. Like you're seeing Philadelphia union do FC Dallas. I, I feel like they haven't really been doing that that much of lately. But, you know, like I said, though, uh, Philadelphia Union right now is like the poster child of MLS academies right now, um, especially because, I mean, they're they're one of the top academies right now. But yeah. it, mm-hmm. I, I, I think for me and kind of what you, you were talking about earlier about youth development, I think MLS should implement some sort of initiative program where if you guys sign that, uh, academy players, you know, we'll do this for you. But it's 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 going to be one of those things. Or and I might even take a page from the Bundesliga. Um, even though this might this might piss off some people, but Bundesliga does have a rule that you have to have a certain percentage of German-born players on your team. Like you you can still have your your import your your exports, but you have to have a certain percentage of players be German. And I yep. think that the MLS needs to be doing that because we one. Develop for the sake of development for the U.S. Because me and Edward, we were talking about U.S. the U.S. when they played against Trinidad Tobago, and we realized we have no depth at winger. 
besides after after Christian Pulisic and after Timothy Weah, there's really no one else behind the behind them. I thought maybe we'll see Zendejas, but I think Berhalter has given up on him. Um, and so that's something that's alarming to me. So there needs to be an initiative to start developing American players. Yeah, I agree, man. And I think, I don't know how they do it, right? I think, you know, the coolest uh, initiative idea that I heard, you know, shout out, um, you know, Tom Sweezy from MLS Aces. He had this uh, this idea that the MLS should implement a floor, a, a, a floor in terms of spend. You have to spend and invest a certain amount of money every season into improving the standards of your club. Um, and, and not just improving, you know, things like facilities or, or what you're able to offer resource-wise at your club. It's more like being competitive within the league, whether that means making signings, um, you know, uh, other, uh, other you know, key aspects of how you do that. But I, I think it's interesting, right? Again, it, having a floor would almost force the hand of some of these clubs who are treating it as a small to medium-sized business. Again, cough, cough, Colorado Rapids, cough, cough. But it's like... Like, like if by forcing their hand a little bit, um, I think that, and again, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to do depending on what type of economy we all live in. Right. I know right now it's, it's interesting times, but regardless of what direction they go in, I agree with you. They have to prioritize it at the grassroots level and let it kind of scale up from there. But at the end of the day, I know that there are two sides to this coin. You have to juggle the development of the sport in this country and the players guiding that along with entertainment. And making sure that they can sell tickets, they can sell merch, they can make this a business for every club who's invested, I don't even know how much money, into buying their club and making sure they can keep it alive year over year. So we'll see how it all pans out, man. Um, I don't know if much will change heading into next season outside of the 30th team being added to to MLS. The schedule does come out on the 20th. Um, I'm personally excited as an FC Dallas fan. I've already bought my season tickets um for for 2024 i'm excited to see what road matches could look like um on the schedule and i might be able to travel a little bit um uh, for for next season as well so we'll see man um but i will say this like this definitely was the most interesting major league soccer season in a little while a hundred percent like there was so much that went on whether it was from a league's cup standpoint lafc losing three consecutive finals um, you know, um, the guy Mackey's really kind of heightening the rivalry with MLS a little bit, being that, um, that CONCACAF cup champion. Um, there's, there's a lot to be excited about this, you know, moving forward, but there will have to be changes. The one I'm actually kind of hoping for too, from my side, outside of the whole spend part is, can we not move leagues cup? Can we not make it like in winter or something so that the season itself doesn't like drag out to a point where, you know, we're we're waiting the the one annoyance i have with how playoffs have gone so far is the two week break in the middle if we could avoid any international break in november i would a thousand percent opt for that have the season and playoffs be fluid and continuous all the way to the end and then if we have to play on another tournament right that's going to decide a place in i don't know gold cup or or, or some other the world whatever some other major international tournament that that's fine. I, I'm totally okay with that. I think, in fact, I think most fans would love that. The players themselves included, right? Depending on where they finish, you know, in the regular season, they get automatic bids into League's Cup, bring League IMX teams in, and then have them hash it out, right? When their season is over as well. That I think makes the most sense to me, and it avoids this lull between end of the regular season and the start of the next season, the calendar year, right? You 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 get a, a month between end of November to, you know, early to mid-January, we can play this thing out 
And then before you know it, you know, the, the season is technically right around the corner. We're talking about transfers, preseason, Golchella, that preseason tournament they do in California. Um, yeah, man, just I feel like there's going to be too much dead time with how the season's currently formatted today. No, yeah, definitely. Um, especially because, you know, one of the complaints that we have for Champions Cup, besides Trundle complaining about the rosters, which also is a very valid point. Um, very, very valid, yeah. But, I mean, you know, a lot of these teams, because a lot of the, the teams that are in the uh, the Champions Cup do use that Apertura, Clausura uh, schedule style. Uh, at yeah. least I know for uh, in El Salvador, I know they do that. Um, maybe they change. I, I, honestly, I lose track now. Um, but I think that, you know, most of the time, MLS is just starting in preseason, whereas a lot of these teams, they're kind of in the middle middle of the season or already have played a few games so they're 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 game ready whereas yeah. especially because when we see those first champions cup games especially from these mls teams you can see it's a little slow it looks more like a preseason game for them than it is a real competitive match um i mean they still manage to win those games but it's still it, it's a it's frustrating to watch and i think i say that with some bias because of the fact that the dynamo are in in the champions cup this year but yeah i i think that there's things that mls needs to like look into you know, maybe starting the season in January or February to to make that work. And, and I mean, if they push back the league to start in January, ends a little bit sooner. So that way we, we avoid that November, uh, that November uh, international break. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of stuff. Cause I remember at one point that the MLS cup was in October. Like I remember, mm-hmm. I, I remember those days because I remember I was like, Oh yeah, I'm watching the world. I'm watching the world series and then I'm watching MLS cup. Yeah. Um, so it, it worked out better instead of me having to watch a TV while I'm like supposed to be celebrating my birthday. And so for real, man, you 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 might have gotten like the occasional MLS Cup that would fall like on the first weekend of November, maybe, but they were usually always wrapped by end of October. Yeah. So I, I think that yeah, I think MLS, there's some things where MLS, but that's something that's not going to be done like immediately this season or this coming season. That's yeah. something that uh, Garber needs to figure out because, it, especially if he's adding more teams. It's gonna get more congested. It's gonna be more difficult to to really make it a, a an easy an easy process for the players because I'm sure the players' association they're gonna eventually could be complaining about all these games. They're eventually going to, um, yeah. And so I think that that's something that, that needs to be considered. I mean, why not make Leagues Cup like an in season tournament? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I think. It's I, I'm of that. Like, I, I think it's like they should, you know, try to because I don't I don't even know if moving it to after the season would actually work. Right. To me, I'm just trying to avoid like a ton of dead space between seasons. But it, it, in reality, I think the ideal solution is what you suggested. Right. Do it the same way that any other country does their own domestic competitions. You just spread the games out. Right. Even if you have a group stage or whatever, you spread the matches out every few weeks. You know, uh, they'll have to play, instead of play on every Saturday. They'll have to squeeze in a Tuesday or a Wednesday game somewhere. That's totally fine. You know, players do that everywhere across the world. And those who can handle it, you know, great. They'll move on. Those who can't will be eliminated and they'll they'll try again next season. That's That should be what we aspire to. But again, Don Garber has just proven over time, right, that he's not always willing to embrace what seems to be proven overseas and kind of wants to do things almost the American sports way. So, We'll we'll see how how he continues to to be flexible with that, uh, make decisions that are going to be for the for the benefit of the league and its fans. Uh, but ultimately, man, I think if if anybody out there you know kind of missed out on all the major league soccer drama and excitement this past season, that's really what it was. I mean, whether it was from a league's cup standpoint, whether it was from 
you know, the 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 seemingly, you know, uh, rivalry between Liga Mekis and MLS, um, or even just again what crew was able to do for 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 so long throughout this season to be dominant. There was a lot to love about Major League Soccer. If you've never tuned in, um, there's gonna be uh, you know, a, a ton of opportunity for you to get on that bandwagon for next season. Yeah, that's definitely a great way to to wrap this up. Uh yeah, I mean Next season is going to be interesting, man. I, a full season of Messi, uh, that's going to be probably the one thing that everyone's going to be watching for a bit. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. just how Messi, Messi's first full season. Kind of gives me the same vibes of when, when it was Hector Herrera's first full season with the Dynamo. Um, it, 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 is a, it is a big factor instead of coming in where the team's playing like shit. Um, it, it is, you know, the, the mentality is going to be completely different, and I, it's going to be interesting to see. Plus, whatever signings comes in, um, you know, there's rumors. Maybe we see Lewandowski uh, somewhere. I, I mean, I don't think he's so far living up to what Barcelona is hoping for, at least this, at least this time around. But yeah, uh, which is crazy to think because that man led led the league in scoring uh, last year, um, and now it's just I don't know what the hell happened. But I mean, yeah. I will say, if he goes to Chicago, that is the most fitting move for anybody. By uh, far, by far. They need a striker that knows how to score goals, and that, that's what he offers, right? And I'm sure he wants to land in a place after Barcelona that um, he's just going to be able to still feel the same of the same love, you know, being as world-class as he is. But I agree with you, man, as a Barcelona fan. Um, I'll be honest, man. Chago Fire, you guys want him. If if if, if I'm Laporta over at Barcelona, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping him up and giving him to you tomorrow. I think uh, not that he's been shambolic by any means. He's just been extremely wasteful. And I think that, um, you know, it might be his time to, you know, discover pastors abroad. And I think Chicago, man, I, I grew up there myself. I'm actually hoping that, you know, long-term I get to land back in that market as a fan and just live out, uh, you know, my days long-term. But, um, you know, Chicago Fire have a massive Polish community. I think he would be loved, absolutely adored there. And more importantly, right, he's, he's just exactly what the Fire need right now. And they've already proven that they're they're not afraid to sign veteran players you know hashtag kai kamara um so i think you know it, it i'm i'm hoping for it but man when the saudi clubs come calling it's so difficult to ignore that money so i, I don't know what's going to happen to a man if he moved in january it would be the craziest move of all time i just don't see it happen so yeah. um we'll see what happens but all right man um thank you jose helping cover us mls maybe we will We'll bring you on next next season to talk MLS, especially because let's face it, Denver's not going to give me much. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, man, thank you so much for helping us out with with the MLS Cup. Uh, definitely need to try to bring out more guys from from Gold CV to come on here and and definitely showcase everybody out here. But um, yeah, this is your time now. Go ahead and shamelessly plug whatever you want to plug that's coming up for Gold CV. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Look, we got a lot of things in the works. Um, the, the the platform itself is changing, I feel like, almost every day at this point. Uh, new creators are joining also every week at this point. Everybody's making big plans for 2024. We have some things cooking with USL, which is going to be great. I can't tease those up too much because they're not finalized yet. But outside of that, man, we're trying to capture and bring to the platform creators from every corner of the American market, right? Representation from every MLS club, if we can. USL is going to have its presence. NWSL will, will hopefully make its way to our platform in 2024 as well. There's a lot. And if you want to see soccer in America grow, I do believe a platform like this is going to be key to its growth. So every bit of support we can get from the fans, 
massively appreciate it. And Hector, I'll say it again, man. Um, thank you again for having me on. Whether it's MLS, you know, commentary that you want, or we want we want to talk shop anywhere else, man. I I love uh, I love bantering and love offering my opinions whenever I can give them. So thanks again. Feel free to bring me back on at any point. I love it. Um, and you know, if you ever want to talk shop around what's going on in Europe um, or anywhere else around the world for that matter, always happy to offer my takes, man. But uh, goals TV, go check it out. G O L Z dot TV. All right, so. We're going to go ahead and go straight to me and Edward previewing the Liga Mekis final. So get ready for that. All right, guys. Thank you so much to Jose for being here through the MLS Cup. Um, obviously, if, if if it wasn't for Jose, it would be mostly me just talking about MLS Cup. And I would just be like, yep, yep, because Edward doesn't really follow MLS. Maybe next season he will because obviously it's going to be a full year of Lionel Messi. Um, and I'm sure I'll give him the yeah, password. Yeah. Give him the password to my yep. Apple TV account so you can watch the games. So, yeah, I'm sure the 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 Inter Miami games will be free on Apple TV. So, or at least it'd be dumb not to put that at least every once in a while as a free game. Yeah, free right. Game to watch, but uh, but Edward, I don't know. I don't know. Are you excited about maybe watching the MLS? Yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, if if, if Louis, I mean, Inter Miami is on the verge of becoming Barcelona. Pretty much. I mean, that's what I'm excited about. Don't even get. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Just not gonna be an MLS fan. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. all right. Well, I know a league that you are a fan of, which is the Liga Mekis, um, which semifinals has concluded. And there is a final, and honestly, it's a very juicy final. But before we do that, we'll get straight to the semifinals first. Um, the first le- the first matchup of the semifinals was first place Club America beating seventh place Atletico San Luis 5-2 on aggregate. The first leg was a 5-0 shellacking over at San Luis. And the second leg, which basically, America really had no reason to play it. So that's exactly how they approached that game, because I don't really think they... They just took the they just they just put the foot off the gas and just let San Luis try to do something. And um Atletico San Luis did win that game two 0 but obviously you're already down five you're already down five goals. So there was really no miraculous comeback, if you will, for Atletico San Luis in uh Estadio Azteca. But this is kind of the downfall of the second legs. If there's anybody that's gonna try to like argue that MLS shouldn't try to go back to doing the two leg series. This is the valid argument, right? Like when the the first leg's a blowout. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that like still I'd rather watch a two leg game. Like I think that not all it's not all not every single game is gonna be a blowout. Like that's just not how it's always gonna be. Just because you pull out the 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 few percentages of games that do end ugly where the second leg is basically all for not. I get that. But Hey, I mean, also when you have those ridiculous, like, uh, like for example, the, I mean, everyone's always going to go back to this game because of like how crazy it, it finished. And that's obviously the Barcelona PSG champions league game. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot what round it was, but Barcelona going, well, how many goals were they down? Six goals. 
No, they five, by, five. I think they're down by five. they were down five, but then PSG scored a the sixth goal, right, in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was and, because of I think it was like a way or something like that. Yeah, and and Barcelona pulled the the, the miracle. They pulled mm-hmm. it. So like it, it's like you, you yeah, there's those few but then you have like those crazy moments where that happens and people still talk about that to this day. Like if you're gonna mm-hmm. use that as an example, well there's there's that other slim possibility that it, it could happen. But it didn't happen for Atletico San Luis. Um but yeah, Club America, which I mean me and Edward have said it, this is probably the best Club America we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was kind of expected. But all right, uh the next the other the other matchup which I think was probably the more entertaining one is Tigres, third place Tigres beating fourth place Pumas two to one. The first leg Tigres took it one nil. And in the second leg it actually finished in a one one draw. Um just wasn't enough for Pumas and Tigres are on to the the Liga Mekis the Apertura final. Literally six, like half a year ago, the last, the the Clausura for twenty twenty three, they were they won it. So now they're back, back to pack final appearances for Tigres, and that is the final we have. First place Club America taking on third place Tigres, and honestly, Edward, if you if if we were able to go back in time, and we were to tell our future, our, our old our past selves that this was the matchup. I would be excited because this is a very, very juicy final. Yeah, it would be. I mean, that's uh, it. it we, I guess. Oh, you know what? I think back then, Gignac was just starting out, and so that was when he was like in his prime, like when he was like hardcore, all over the place. So yeah, that would it would be a hell of a final. Yeah. So. I said when I when we started this previewing this tournament. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about like back, way back in the day. <laughs> Jesus I thought you were talking about like way back in the day. I'm over here thinking about the past and stuff. All right. Anyways, so first, by the time this episode drops, the first like has been completed because it will be played on Thursday. Um. Yeah. Uh, I'll 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 like. I'll send a clip like right. Maybe not right here, but I'll I'll post a, I'll I'll sneak a little audio clip real quick of of an update of the first leg. So, uh, but yeah, so Club America, man, arguably the best team this season. This is on I would argue the best Club America team I've seen in a very long time. Uh, this team just looks complete right now, and I think that that's like really what's what they have going for them is that this team is clicking on all the right cylinders. Um. I know we make the joke that Club America chokes in the playoffs, but in the playoffs, this is the final. So this is a different beast, and Club America always brings it in the final. Yep. Um, and then on the other side, you have Tigres, which I would say more recently has been one of the more dominant teams in Liga Mekis. Um, And there is a correlation with, with the addition of, P- of Gignac because Gignac has – been a big chunk of their like been a big reason for their success, winning winning Liga Mekis titles, winning Concacaf Champions Leagues, winning making it to the final of the FIFA Club World Cup, and I believe he also got recognized as like best player of the tournament or something like that. I forgot what it was. 
So, like, Club America historically one of the best teams in Liga MX versus Tigres, a team that's recently more successful than Club America. Um, how would you sum up this game, or, or do you think I was pretty spot on with how, with what it was, with what it is? I think, we're, I think, I think you're spot on, and dude. Yeah, this is going to be a really I mean, game. To, to be fair, I mean, it's just they're two powerhouse teams. Uh, America has been on fire. Tigres, they, I mean, I'm not going to say that they haven't, they haven't had their ups and downs, but dude, like they're this season, this season, it's been, it's been proven that they can't hang. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a freaking, excuse me, a hell of a, of a game. It's going to be a hell of a final. Let me see. When was the last time these, these two faced off? Uh, like the last result. Uh, it wasn't last year. Um, I mean, it was this was last year. Oh, well, 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 this yeah, like playing in the league, but uh, I, I thought you were talking about like when they it faced was, it, off. Oh man, bro! Last time they faced off, it was a nil-nil draw. Oh, yep. <laughs> this is gonna be a good one. So this is gonna be a good one. This one's gonna be good. Hopefully, so. Barring that first leg, so maybe I'll snip in the, the 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 update on the first leg game right here. All right, guys. Um, apologize if like this quality is a little bit creepy looking or terrible. Um, and uh, I'm a little bit inebriated. Anyways, so Diggers and America did finish. One one, so yeah, so you know, Hector and Edward, which obviously I'm talking about myself, did in fact get what they wanted, which means Sunday is going to be a very spicy finish to the final. But yes, Tigres and America did finish one one in the first leg of the Apertura final. Um. But yeah, barring that, hopefully that first leg is pretty close. Like, I mean, 2-0, maybe a 1-1, maybe a 0-0. Just keep it close. I want this game close because I want that second leg to mean something. Um, I want, like, I want this, dude, this game needs to be, like, super competitive, man. It has to be. I mean, for the for them, last, last time they played, be a 0-0 draw. And I will say, though, America definitely had the easier road to get here. I mean, they they what what they had to do to face Club Leon, who already had to play like two games before even playing their playoff matchups, um, and then you have Atletico San Luis, who was able to pull the upset on Monterrey. But obviously, if you're Club America, you would much rather face off against uh, San Luis than Monterrey, anyways. Or I think they would actually end up facing Pumas, actually, if 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 that was if it was supposed to be the way it was. But anyways. The easier path was definitely America's, whereas you had Tigres, who had to go up against who was their first like uh Puebla, okay so Puebla maybe was 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 like an easier opponent, but Puebla and then you had to go against Pumas. So, you would definitely say Tigres had like the tougher road to the final, but I mean if that first leg goes goes gets is pretty close to even. Man, this this second leg is gonna be really interesting, especially because I it's gonna be in Azteca. Mm, okay. 
So it's it's going to be an epic final. Um, but Edward, I mean, what's your what's your what's your prediction here? Well, now that you brought up the the last time they faced off and it was a tie, maybe the first leg is going to be a tie, and then the second one is going to be the one inside at all. Um, I would hope for that. I would honestly hope for that. T- Truthfully speaking, I want to root for Tigres. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that Tigres will win 2-1. No, 3-2 no, no. in extra time. Seeing how these games have actually had multiple times of goal, not just like, oh, it's a 1-0 win. It's, no, it's been like a 2 It's been like halftime's been 1-1. And then, like, all of a sudden, it's like 2-1, uh, 2-3, uh, 3-2. Like, something kind of close, you know? So, I feel like 3-2 with Tigres winning in overtime then the, of the second game. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, man, this is – oh, man. It's so hard because this is literally the best Club America team I've seen in a long time. Like, everything's clicking. I I think they they had, like – I think they're like the highest scoring team. I think they were like the best, maybe the best defensive team. Everything pointed to to America this season, as far as like accolades and all that shit. So this is arguably the best America team. But it would be so hilarious though, if they can't win it, um, which I am also pulling for. Um, yeah, because I'm I'm going with Tigres as well. I I do I like that three two scoreline as well. Um, I I I I'm going to say I hope I hope. I don't know if it's I'm not gonna predict it, but I hope that the the first the first leg is gonna be a one one draw. And then that second leg uh is it finishes two one with Tigres winning it. And it'll be awesome if they were able to win it in Azteca. Yeah, exactly. I mean okay, okay. Bro, they do All this, right. bro. To to win the Apertura and the Clausura in the same year. Bro, this Damn. team is this team is just, dude. Gignac, he's already a legend, bro. But man, yep, yeah, dude. This this team is, this team is. And then I mean, not only that, you know, and everyone's, you know, like what does Tigres have? I mean, you know, freaking Marcelo Flores, you know, Diego mm-hmm. Lanes, like those are two good names. I know America has Quiones and, and and Jimenez and and Valdez and. And uh, and Henry Martin and I that both these teams are stacked, bro. These teams are too loaded. They're both loaded teams. Like that's just gonna mm-hmm. make this game even more exciting. Is that it's you legitimately have the two best teams uh, facing off against each other. But I'm pulling for Tigres. Yep, same. So I mean, me and you are in the same boat. Uh, you know, do do justice for Atletico San Luis. <laughs> <laughs> Do yeah. it for them. Revenge. Revenge. But, yeah, so that is the final. Hopefully the first leg is is not bad, and we're going to have a fun final on Sunday, December 17th, is the final for Liga Mackeys. Hopefully, once again, the game will be on – the first leg will be on Thursday, December 14th. Obviously, there's no point of me pointing that out because it's already happened. But hopefully the 17th, it's going to be – a juicy one, but all right, Edward. The Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award 
Brought to you by InTheClutch.com. InTheClutch.com is an amazing apparel company partnered with the Player Associations of Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, uh, National Football League, and so much more. These designs are amazing. They're comfortable, and they have passed the fat boy test, quoted by Kelsey Coyne of High Low Sports, man. And the best part of all that, not only are these shirts amazing, these, these designs are amazing, the material is amazing, it all goes back to the players. And that's the best part of it all. So if you guys love all that we said right there and you want a little bit more, a little, little bit more sugar on top, well, if you use our code in uh insert name at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% off your entire purchase. So in the clutch.com, use the code insert name, save yourself 10% off your entire purchase. So however, we are now down between two players for the Roosevelt Spencer's player of the year award. And that is Bevity and Erling Holland. So I was going to try to bring in a, a third player into this, but then I realized we were basically pulling what the what the college football committee did when they when they took out an undefeated Florida State University from the top four and put Alabama and Texas in it. So I was like, you know what, that that'd be fucked up. So yeah, both these players have both gotten six votes, and if you guys want to understand how we pick our player of the year uh, nominations. Sometimes we don't even have nominations. Whoever wins player of the year is is purely out of the fact that they got put in on our player of the week segment more than everybody else. And then, of course, we also added now the new caveat where at the end of at, at, once, once we do our announcements of players of the week, of the, week the listeners get a, a, a say a, gives the player an extra vote. So, for the year of 2023, Erling and Ho- Erling Holland and Pedri have gotten all the most vote more votes than any player else in when we have announced players of the week and that's why they're here. So, Edward, we the the ballot the the vote you can vote the voting has, has started all the way back from Sunday. So, you, you know, it's been posted on social media. We'll keep resharing it and everything so you guys still have a chance to keep voting. But but yeah, Edward, player, uh, player of the year. What does mm. what does each player have? This isn't this isn't your your time to pick because obviously you, I'm sure you've already. Bro, voted. I was gonna say, bro, most most of my most of my, I was gonna say, I think these are mostly my picks, both of them. Like I've probably been the one that puts them in <laughs> player of, player of the week, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Pedri, Barcelona, Erling Haaland, you know, loved him since he was in Dortmund. Dude's a beast. So, I mean, dude, like, it, it, uh, I have, I, I don't know, man. It's a hard pick, bro. All right, we're not asking you to vote right now. We're, what we're asking you to do is sell them. Sell them? Yeah. So, Pedri, really young, came from La Masia. Um, he is a badass attacking midfielding, like midfielder, midfielder. Jeez, I can't speak. Um, he comes, he plays in Barcelona, Spaniard. Um, he, he, alongside Gavi, they both basically moved that midfield for Barcelona. He scored his set of goals as well. He's done assists. He's made plays where basically his style of play is like Iniesta. 
he just dribbles the ball in between. He's like the new Iniesta that they have right now. Um, if you've seen him play, you know what I'm talking about, where he keeps the the foot glued, uh, the ball glued to his foot, and whenever he's like uh, going around and everything, doing his dribbles, he just has he has a little bit more flair than Iniesta does. So he has a little bit more, a uh, little more traits, more back heels, a little little stuff like that, which is you know what I see a lot in uh, players. It's like all the tricks that they can do, you know, and then especially if they do it on the field. Not just like out, out out of the field, um, but yeah, I mean he's got he's got hella dribble. Um, not gonna tell you he has a power shot. Like if I want to compare Valverde to Pedri as in power shot, I would go Valverde. But he has really good uh, accuracy. Um, I feel like he's he and then his uh long passing, his thorough passing, like passing on the floor is one critical thing. Just like I said, just like Iniesta, like Iniesta, that that was basically his deal. It's like dribbling, playmaking, making sure that the ball is going to get through the, the attack. That's basically what he does. Mm-hmm. And then Erling Haaland, I mean, dude, what can I say? You said it earlier. The dude got broke the record already in his first uh, season at uh, Manchester City. And even to drop this dude, it's like you would need two people of his size and he would probably still wouldn't go down. Like, he would still try to keep his balance up. Like, the dude's core strength is unreal. His his trunk strength, like, his, his legs, it, it's unreal. And then, like, his speed, the way he sprints, it's literally like a fucking cyborg. Like, it's like a fucking tank, dude. Like, I would not want to be standing in front of this dude as a center back or even a wing back. Like, just if he's coming at me with the ball, Bro, I, I feel like that dude would dislocate my hip, my shoulder, and then I would just fall, and I'd be looking like uh, like a puppet, like on the floor where all your limbs are just like kind of loose and shit. Like, I, I swear, like, that dude is a beast. And then the way he, like, his, his kicks are fucking deadly. Like, shit, he, he, he gets that, the ball, he hits that ball right in the sweet spot. Whether it's going in or it's going straight into the goalie, I guarantee you that goalie hurts the next day. If he gets smacked with one of those on his chest or even his arm, his shoulder, I, I, I promise you, he's hurting. Mm-hmm. Because those kicks are fire. And I mean, dude, uh, honestly, like, he, he's he's a leading goal scorer, right? Yeah. He's already got, yeah, he's already got a lead goal scorer for last year. I mean, and, he, and he's shit, leading right now in goal scoring, too, right now. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what more can I say? Yeah, exactly. The dude's a monster. The dude's a monster. So once again, so next episode will be our end of the year episode. So we will be announcing the winner. So you have, you have till you have till we we record on Monday on uh well honestly Sunday, but you have till then to cast your vote. Um, it honestly we've been we've been running this whole campaign now since since last week since Sunday. Uh, so you have plenty you've had plenty of time to cast your vote. Edward, I'm sure has casted his vote at this point. Spencer has casted vote. I've casted my vote. Everyone has a say on who wins the 2023 Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award. Um, yeah, these two, I think, are are definitely worth it. I know some people are probably going to question it, but once again, the only way we you can be put into a Player of the Week is if me and Edward nominate him. And our judgment process of who we pick for a Player of the Week is not the same as everybody else's. Obviously, me, I usually go for a guy that scores a hat trick. Edward... Whoever scored the winning goal in the Barcelona game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hope. You hope. 
Well, so like here's the thing: if everyone doesn't flow chart, flow chart time. If no one scored a hat trick, who scored the game winner on a team that we like? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so that is our literally our process, and then also it doesn't help that I keep picking random people. Well, to be fair, to be fair, if we were having a player of the week this week, I would pick Han Min Sun. This week. Yeah, but we're not having one, so. Uh, I bet you, I bet, oh, hell no. I bet you if I was like, oh, you know what, Vinicius, that's my player of the week. Oh, you would have been like, you know what, let's have one more. Let's have one more player of the week. There's no point. We already have two guys. <laughs> no, I know. That's what I'm saying. But, that, you know, I'm just I'm just joking with you. I know. <laughs> Anyways, but, yeah. So, once again, this year we, this year we did do player of, the, player of the week a little bit differently where we did add a – a fan vote into it and it's I think it's something that me and Edward are gonna continue doing because once again it adds just a little bit more it adds it just adds another thing for it. So yeah. So I I I generally did like it. Um but yeah I, I do think that these are two players deserving of some sort of acknowledgement or reward. Uh Robert Lewandowski was really close to come back into this thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> man. So no repeat Imagine- no more re no three peat unfortunately. Um uh, but yeah, you know, uh, it, but we'll see what happens in 2024. We know anything can happen. Uh, but yeah, so votes are out. You can you can keep voting. It's if you guys want to go. So on on the X on X or Twitter, however the hell you want to call it now, um, it's literally the pinned tweet. So you guys can go ahead and and check and click the link there, and you can go ahead and vote. If you go on Instagram, um, just it's on. It's in the bio. You, the link to the voting to the to the vote is on the on the bio. But I definitely have posted the link. I will make sure to post the link on on the story every single day, so that way it is still available to to vote. So, cast your vote. See who's gonna win the twenty twenty three Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year award. Brought to you by In the Clutch. Once again, use that code. Insert name at intheclutch.com. Save yourself ten percent off your entire purchase. So. There is that, man. All right, there's some games to watch this weekend. We're kicking off the FIFA Club World Cup. This is, I think, the last time we'll see it in this format because I believe they're going to actually make it like a, a real big tournament, which FIFA, what are we doing here? What <laughs> are we doing here? You are, y'all, y'all are legitimately killing these players now. Like, this is too much. Like at some point, these guys need like some sort of break, with international tournaments, with club tournaments, with club season play. Like, and now you want to make the club World Cup even bigger, a tournament that frankly no one gives a shit about. But now you want to make it something that we all give a shit about. And I know you're gonna. Some of you are probably like, I don't know why you're complaining, Hector. You're still gonna watch it. You're right. I am gonna still watch it. But. <laughs> Like, I also understand that this is going to be very, very exhausting for the players. So, I just, just want to say that. But the FIFA Club World Cup will be kicking off. Um, in the in the, in the the Netherlands, we have AZ Alkmaar taking on PSV Eidhoven. PSV Eidhoven still hasn't recorded a loss or a draw so far this season. So, we'll see how, how if they're able to stay clean throughout the, throughout the season. And we also have Braga taking on Benfica over in Portugal. All right, Edward. 
in uh, Liga Mekis. Well, we just previewed the final, so hopefully, fingers crossed, the the final is still is, is the final on Sunday will be a really good one to watch. So go ahead and check that out. If I'm telling you guys, watch Liga Mekis, bro. Watch it. Like to the to the MLS haters, go watch the MLS. To the Liga Mekis haters, go watch Liga Mekis. It's a it, it's it's a fun fun tournament. It's a fun league. Go watch it. Uh, league on. Uh, we got. Monaco taking on Leon. I will make the announcement next episode whether or not there's gonna be a jersey bet. Uh it might involve it might involve Leon. <laughs> um and Lil versus PSG. In the Bundesliga, we got RB Leipzig taking on Hoffenheim and Bayern Munich taking on VFB Stuttgart. In the Bundesliga Serie A, we got Bologna taking on Roma. And Lazio taking on Inter Milan in the Serie A. In La Liga, we got Athletic Club Bilbao versus Atletico Madrid. I want to say this because I, I, I forgot to say it. But um, in the Athletic Club Bilbao match, I forgot who they were facing off against. But um, it actually, the, the game was uh, canceled and postponed because... A fan passed away in the game. Uh, so I believe it was like seventeen, roughly like seventeen minutes into the game, when when the when they discovered that the fan the fan was a uh, the fan passed away during the match. Uh, so then obviously they cleared the they cleared the stadium. Um, so hopefully everyone else is fine. Um, but I just wanted to obviously thoughts and prayers go to that the family of that fan. Uh, yeah. So yeah. It's really a sad situation. Yeah. I can tell you for someone that I like personally experienced that, um, they, the game went on well, because it, it happened before the game started and no one knew about it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I actually saw someone die during uh, at a game um, when I worked for the Astros, actually. Uh, that was – Oh, damn. Was, yeah, it was uh, – he wasn't moving. Like – so, so what what happened was I'm not trying to draw let's draw this out anymore. But so what happened was so we were you know getting the field ready because this is when I worked for the grounds crew. We we're getting the field ready for the game, and we saw this fan this this one guy just like we thought he was sleeping. Um, and so you know we were you know and we we're all just making jokes like, dude, this guy's passed out. Like it's like freaking, you know, five o'clock, you know, and uh, we're all, oh man, he must have had a really long day at work or something like that, and uh. And so one of the guys on the ground crew, he was he's actually a firefighter. Um, and I remember he looks up and he's like, "Oh, he's dead." And I was just like, oh, "Okay, just because he's sleeping doesn't mean he's dead." He's like, "Nope, he's dead. I know a dead body when I see one." He said that so oh, confidently, by the way. And uh, and yeah, like literally maybe. Well, cause so there's a there's a there's police on the field because obviously in case like someone tries to attack a player or something like that right and so we you know uh the guy the guy on the ground crew that's a firefighter he, he informed the cops then he informed you know the 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 people at min at the the emts at, at that were at minute park so they had to go and get the guy and yeah it was i think because of the fact that like no one knew what was going on they really didn't say anything but like yeah, I was like, yeah, we. I literally witnessed someone die in front of me. It wasn't like traumatic or anything because I thought the dude was asleep, but 
yeah, it ha- it, it it is something that happened in my life. It was weird. Um, but yeah, uh, Valencia. So Valencia and Barcelona will be the other game in La Liga. In the Premier League, we got Arsenal taking on Brighton and Hove Albion. I will tell you this right now. This game is going to frustrate me. I already know it. <laughs> I already know it. The Arsenal lost this past weekend at, to Aston Villa 1-0. Uh, it, was a revenge, it was a revenge game for, for Emmy Martinez, but also it was a, a revenge game for Unai Emery. So that was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, but, dude, there's something about Brighton, bro. I just don't know that Arsenal just struggles with this team. Don't know why. I think it goes – and maybe my beef with Brighton all starts because of the – you know, obviously they injured uh, Leno, mm. uh, you know, way back in – you know, way back. But funny enough, if had that incident not happened, Emmy Martinez probably would have never had a career. <laughs> so, series of events. If it wasn't for Brighton, Emmy Martinez – Emmy would have not – man – Talk about that, right? Like, if Emmy Martinez never got a chance with Arsenal, he wouldn't have gotten his big move to Aston Villa. If he didn't get his big move to Aston Villa, he wouldn't have been able to play for for uh, Argentina's national team. Yep. If he never played for Argentina's national team, would have Arsenal ever win the World Cup? And who would have taken the mantle, like, as a goalkeeper? I don't know. Because Argentina uh, doesn't Romero? really have, like, Romero. Oh my God, dude! That dude is ready. Dude. We were talking about players who are ready to retire, and that dude's ready. <laughs> I can't think. Of, I can't think of another goalkeeper for Argentina. Neither, neither can I. Yikes. Um, and the final game in the Premier League: Liverpool versus Manchester United. The Red Derby is this weekend. Liverpool currently in first place in the Premier League going up against Manchester United. I'm going to be pulling for Manchester United to pull the upset for me because, God, I need a, I need something here. Uh, but, yeah. So, so those are some games to look forward to this coming weekend. Once again, it's not all the games, but if you guys need a beginner's guide, if you will, that is a good place to start. But, all right. Also, apologies for making for telling y'all that story about the guy uh, about the dead guy. Um, <laughs> probably brought it down a little bit there. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and then we'll end this show with "Am I the asshole?" Which, I mean, in this situation, I think I am definitely the asshole for saying that, for saying that story. <laughs> I'm not even gonna say nothing. I'm just gonna, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. All right, so we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Hector from the Insert Name FC podcast here to tell you guys about Candidips. It is a great tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. It comes in five core flavors wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice. Candidips CBD is the new evolution in dip, allowing guys to enjoy great, long lasting taste without the downsides. If you guys want to go ahead and try them out, Use the code BELLYUP20 at CandidateCBD.com. Once again, BELLYUP20 at CandidateCBD.com, and you'll get yourself 20% off your purchase. Thank you again for Candidates for being a great partner of Belly Up Sports. And we're back. All right. Am I the asshole? This is a segment now that me and Edward have enjoyed doing, even though we only did it once, but it was a, I don't know. I liked it. So, here is the... Am I the asshole? 
This this is the title I work. Am I the asshole for not wanting to take care of my boyfriend's niece? Mm. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I. So wait. Niece. So is that okay? Okay, go ahead. No, no. What, what was the question? No, no, no. Well, you're you're you're. No, no. Say it. And and no, that's what I was about to ask. I was like, wait. So how old is the niece? Or oh, oh, how old is I don't I don't know how old. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll 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 let the story unravel, right? That's what, I, that's what I was saying. Uh, okay. Sorry. I, an eighteen-year-old female, was at my boyfriend's hockey game, and I was sitting with his family. Okay, so let's. So all right, we got we got an idea. We're at a Where? hockey game. <laughs> We're at a hockey game. We're watching. She's watching her man. Right. Her man's playing in the hockey game. She's sitting with the family. We've been dating for about a year now. So watching with the family is not a new thing for me. But yesterday, they decided to bring his two-year-old niece, whom we'll call Briley. So probably not her name, but we'll call her Briley right now. More than likely, it's like Riley. She decided to be. That would be so – that actually sounds very 18-year-old to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, think of the name. I don't, think of the I name. don't like Riley. this girl, but let's just call her Shether. <laughs> <laughs> oh no let's just call her pleather pleather yeah pleather like gee i wonder what her name is Heather. all right watch her have a hey watch her have a typo like michael scott did with a dweet dweet <laughs> so um, really so really i'll be like oh well then we know her name so ryle um <laughs> <laughs> uh, about halfway through the game Riley started sobbing hysterically. You already said Riley. I said Briley. <laughs> oh, I said Briley. Okay. I it's this is it's hard to say Briley and Riley. It sounds very identical. Hence the joke I made. Yeah. Uh Briley started sobbing hysterically. She was on my lap at the time. So I tried rubbing her back, but it didn't work. My boyfriend's mom said to me, Could you go out in the lobby and walk her around a bit? It usually calms her down. But I said no because I wanted to keep watching the game. And Briley has a habit of running away. And I didn't want to be responsible for chasing her if that happened. And my boyfriend's mom was like, that's too bad. Because she really loves you. And I think it would be good for her to spend time with you. And it made me feel so guilty for it. Am I the Mm. asshole for not wanting to take care of my boyfriend's niece during his hockey game? Uh, that is not your child. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm. All right, well, two things here. Tell me if you agree or disagree. Or two things here. You've only been together a year. Mm-hmm. And also, it's not your child. <laughs> okay, my third thing. And you're 18 years old. So, I, I mean, I get it. You, if, For an 18 year old, a year is, is huge. So I mean, dude, that's like that's like ten years for like an eighteen year old. Um, <laughs> but we're talking about a one. We're talking about a niece. It's not her child. Um, yeah, or it's like, not his child. It's not his child. It's his. It's his niece. But like, well, for one, where's the parent? Where's the mother? Or Both the brother? Wh- whoever, whoever's sibling child that is. Yeah. Um. Honestly, when I was skimming through this, I didn't realize that it was her boyfriend playing in the game. I thought this was 
I thought they were at like an NHL game or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> this now changes everything. Yeah. Because I was going to say, if this was like an NHL game, why are you taking a two-year-old to a hockey game? Yeah, um, right. I will, I, I will say this. Like, as much as I love going to sporting events, I would never take – like, I don't – I personally probably wouldn't take my own child to a sporting event till like, they're four. And that's probably a big reach for me because, like, the thing is, is, like, it's hard to take kids to, like, most things that require just sitting and watching. Yeah. Because, like, they that's just not how they work. They're not they, – they need to be active and, you know – they don't have the patience to sit and just watch a hockey game or a soccer, any kind of sport. Like it's like take same thing when taking a kid to a movie, like some kids don't just sit and watch a movie. Like they, they want to do stuff. They might tell you they want to go to the movies. They probably just want popcorn and an icy, but like, but yeah, sporting to me, a sporting event. And now if nobody could take care of the kid, which I'm assuming the whole family was there. And if that's the case, once again, where is the, the parent of this child? Um, but, but yeah, for me, the three things here is one, she's 18 years old Two, they've been together for a year and, and bro, the baby, she's only, the baby was one. <laughs> what bond, what bond is his mother talking about? All right. <laughs> no shit. She loves you. She's fucking the baby's too. <laughs> The baby loves anybody. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. maybe not everybody. But I mean, like, if you hang out with the baby long enough, they're going to like you. Yep. Like, this is a great bonding experience for you two. What, 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 that has to be by far the dumbest thing anyone has ever said. If that's your selling point as to, like, why this person that has no other affiliation to this child besides the fact that she's dating her uncle, like... Okay, maybe, well, she's in a relationship with the uncle. Like, there is no real reason for her to be like, this is a real bonding experience between you two. Like, she's not the aunt. They're not married. So, yeah, I, I think that was ridiculous. Yeah, she's not the asshole for this. I don't think so, at, at, at least. But, uh, Ever, what do, you, what do you think? Um, I just, uh, no, I don't think she's the asshole. I don't think she's the asshole. No, what was what what was the eh? Like, I don't think she's the asshole. Oh, yeah. I feel like there was like a butt there. No. Yeah, I think in this scenario, like um, I don't know what level of hockey this is. I don't know if it's high school hockey. I mean, they're eighteen. She's eighteen. Maybe college. Probably hockey. like semi semi pro. Semi pro or college hockey. Yeah. Um. Which props to her, um, but yeah, they, they, that's like it, that. Yeah, that's like a weird request. Like, it, it one, like I said, they're not married. Like, so she's not really the kids. Like, she's not that girl, that baby's aunt. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's just weird. I mean, yeah, you you've known the baby for a year. But like the baby's like I don't I can't I honestly can tell you I don't even remember anything past four, so I don't remember anything as a baby. Do you think I'm gonna remember this girl? <laughs> For instance, like, I Heidi. You're like I'm not about to remember her. My niece Heidi. Mm-hmm. Like you know, obviously this one girl that I ended up having a relationship with, 
Like she was playing with Heidi when Heidi was a baby. Like they, they, you know, they. I guess you could say they bonded. Um, <laughs> uh, but like Heidi doesn't remember this girl. No, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Heidi was just like, "Oh, who's that?" Like, because you know, she saw my old prom picture. And I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that's you know, so and so." Yeah, we we were together for a while. And I was like, "Oh, she used to actually play with you a lot when when you were a baby." And she's like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." She's like, I don't remember. I was like, well, no shit, you were a baby. Um, but yeah. so I don't think this baby's gonna remember. Oh man, we we bonded when I was two at a hockey game. Like it. So so one fuck that mom. The mom just didn't want to do anything. The 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 grandmother. That's what honestly. That's what she wanted to do. She she wanted to get that crying baby all out of her around her so she can watch her son play. Like that's honest. I I think that's really. You know what? The real asshole was the grandma. <laughs> And then, and then to like, and to really like make her feel guilty by saying, by saying that, yeah, that's yeah. too bad because she really loves you, and I think it'd be good for her to spend time with. You. <laughs> what? That's like something to say to the to a deadbeat parent, like. <laughs> yep. That's like if the grandparent is actually raising the child, and like you know, they're like they're the kid, like the actual parent doesn't want to do anything with it. That's when you guilt them with that sentence. But this is like a eighteen year old, probably going to college. You know, it, it, we don't know if this relationship's gonna work. They're eighteen. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, Pretty much. It's, this is great. This is a great bonding experience for you two. No, it's not. If anything, if she bonds with the baby and they, things don't work out, now she lost the baby. So like. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You know what? 18 year old female who most likely this girl's name is Riley. Um, you're not the asshole. The only thing that makes you an asshole is that you probably could have came up with a better name than Riley. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, the mother, the grandmother of this, of this child is, is really the asshole here. <laughs> also like, what do you mean? Like she'll just go run off. Are you, are you going to put her down? Like you're just gonna take her. You're just gonna take the baby up to the lobby and just walk around. Like not, or unless, it, well, two years old. They're probably walking, right? Yeah. I don't know why I said probably. That's definitely they're walking. They, they I don't know when babies usually start walking around. I know it's before a year. Mm, sometimes it's after a year. A little bit after a year. Yeah, that's when. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people is like, "Yeah, yeah, he's 12 months old." I'm like, just say a fucking year. Just say it's a fucking year old. <laughs> I get it for clothing, why you would point out, like, the age of the baby. <laughs> but, like, when you use clothes, <laughs> I get it for, like, clothing. <laughs> He's 24 months old. He's two years old, bro. Say fucking right. two. <laughs> like... Yeah. That, like, that, that, why? That's a little soapbox there. <laughs> but... No, yeah, it's just that that one that one was just yeah. Nah, you're not the asshole eighteen year old girl. Um the the real asshole is the mother. It's the, the mother of the not the mother of the baby. Well, maybe the mother of the baby. Where the hell is she? Why is she ain't holding her baby? Right. <laughs> Bro, we just we just unraveled the, she's not the asshole, everybody's the asshole. Fuck, her boyfriend's the asshole too. <laughs> leaving her leaving her stranded with that family. <laughs> Fuck everybody. For real, dog. <laughs> it's like, whoa. 
Nah, it's not you, girl. It, it's it's everybody else. It's, yeah. Fuck that baby. <laughs> no, nah, that baby's fine. Poor poor Riley. Right. <laughs> poor Riley for making for making herself think that she did a jacked up thing. It's a great bonding experience for you too. <laughs> I would love yeah. Edward to pull that shit on me. <laughs> no, nah, bro. I like spending with time my with my kid, kids, even though technically his kids are my godsons. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I like I like spending time with my kids. My kids are funny. Edward's gonna be like, "Hey, Hector, this would be a great bonding experience for you too." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that next time. Next time, I'll be like, if I put it this way, let, let let's say that I may have a date, may or may not have a date or whatever, but I'm, I'm gonna pull that. I'm gonna pull that card, man. You know what? Can you watch my kids real quick? Like, I got something. Nah, man, this is gonna be a great bonding experience for y'all three. That's gonna be our new inside joke. That's gonna be a great bonding experience for you too. Oh god, that'd be horrible. That's horrible. Hey, you wanna you wanna take care of Robo? That's gonna be a great bonding experience for you too. You guys really need. That. Oh god, <laughs> I'm not taking care of Robo. Oh, good luck. I got two kids. I got I got two kids still. I gotta take care of. <laughs> oh man, I I will tell you this uh, from my birthday party. The most adorable thing. Um, so my cousin, she she came and she brought her her daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. Not gonna say names, uh, but her her name rhymes with with uh, Shatterin. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't with you, bro. I can't with you anymore. Taking a page from this eighteen year old girl. <laughs> but, but uh, she brought her daughter <sighs> and like her daughter because like you know her and her husband they they own they have like two big dogs well not not robo big but they have two big dogs and mm-hmm. so like the baby is used to being around dogs and so like she was just like with she, like if she wasn't around with another baby she was with robo and it was funny because robo's mm-hmm. just laying down also i gave robo like cbd because uh, it was light. You know, it was there was lightning that day. Oh yeah. Oh, bro, that storm. Yeah, dude. I don't Listen, know what the hell that, that was one, going dude, on. Dude, that bro. one lightning bolt that sounded like a gunshot. <laughs> dude, traumatized. I think it was like Robo, right bro. around I felt school, so, bro. I, think I felt like right so bad there. for Robo, man, dude. Robo was shaking, like I mean, trembling, bro. I have never seen him shake like that. He was like, like I mean, like Vietnam flashbacks were coming to Robo. <laughs> so, Dear Lord. um. But so I gave him some CBD for him to stay mellow, and uh, and so you know he's just there laying down, and this baby comes up, comes to his face, and he's just like, "What the fuck's happening now?" Because <laughs> he's you know most most like most babies are usually are like they usually don't go near Robo, but this baby because she's used to being around dogs, she's just like, "Oh, it's a dog," and so she just wants to play with him, and Robo's just so confused. <laughs> like, so, you mix that with CBD was just a great time to watch Robo. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's episode one fifty five, one fifty six. Sheesh, a lot of episodes, man. Wait, yeah, is, is, a lot of episodes. Yeah, it is one fifty six. Holy hell! All right. <laughs> so that's episode one fifty six. We want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network, man. Check out their website, bellyupsports.com. Um, I want to say thank you to the Belly Up family for nominating me for Creator of the Year. Um, Woo! Yeah, that's it's it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I'm grateful. Obviously, been putting in a lot of work uh, with with this podcast, so 
It's cool to be getting recognized from my peers. Even just to be nominated, I probably won't win it. But uh, but just to be nominated was just pretty cool. So thank you. And also congrats to the other nominees for it. Uh, really took me by surprise. I didn't even I didn't even realize that was that I like I was even up for that nomination. So it was really cool. I'm really grateful for that. Um, but check out the website, man, bellyupsports.com. Lots of great podcasts in this network, man. Go ahead and check them out. Shout out to Kelsey, high low sports man. He's part of the Bellio family as well. Um, lots of great podcasts, man. Not just soccer, but just like everything around. Uh, you know, they cover everything. They're bi- pretty busy right now with college football playoffs and basketball. Uh, congratulations for the Lakers for winning that stupid in season tournament. <laughs> um, I don't know if you knew that, Edward. Nope. Uh, so the NBA basically copied the FA Cup. Oh, they did? <laughs> yeah, they did their own version of the FA Cup. So they call it the, the, the in-season t- – they literally call it the in-season tournament. So wow. they had it. The final was in Las Vegas, and the Lakers won the first ever in-season tournament. So, yay. Yay. Um, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so belly up sports, man. If you guys want to keep on track of what they're doing, uh, check them out on Instagram and X at Belly Up Media, and at Belly Up Sports. So keep on, uh, keep on lookout for that. Obviously, man, you guys got to hear Jose Tejas these past couple of days, past couple of episodes previewing the the MLS Cup playoffs. Um, dude, we 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 love his content, man. He he's doing a great job with Goals TV. I think it's an amazing, amazing project what he's doing, man. And shout out to shout out to him, everything that he's been doing, man. Uh, they're you know. Still, still are in the early stages, but to be able to pull an amazing website, an amazing app where you can stream as much soccer content as you would love, um, is just amazing. Uh, great, great shows that he has right now with Wake Up MLS. I've gotten the honor to be a part of of Wake Up MLS a few episodes now. Um, I just did a, a, an episode with him for Yanks of the Round Table, which is their English Premier League talk show. So it was really cool. Got got to be Mr. Hot Takes. Uh man, freaking love that guy, Barca boy. Um, he he. So in that episode, Edward, we did a a best eleven of the year twenty twenty three in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and um, uh, this guy. So oh, man, I can't. I I don't remember the his his name all the top of my head, but it, he goes by Barca boy. Mm-hmm. It, his 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 whole YouTube channel is just him talking about Barcelona. So Edward might be some. <laughs> Might might be something up your alley there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Ooh, that was a big one. Sorry. But uh, so we're honestly, I will tell you, I literally picked like I put a bunch of players that just to get a reaction because like my best eleven I think was obviously Erling Haaland at striker. I think my wingers were Mohamed Salah and and Hungman Son. My midfield was uh, James Madison, Martin Odegaard, and Oh man, I don't remember that the other midfielder. Um, oh, uh, James Ward Prowse. Uh, my back line was like Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, who who did I have? Oh, uh, Stupinian at left back, center backs. So I forgot who I had at center back, and then at at uh at goalkeeper I had Nick Pope, and basically everyone shat on my picks. <laughs> basically, that's what it was. But uh, but this dude Barca boy, like, I mean, 
don't be shocked, but he based his his whole basically his lineup for twenty twenty three was Manchester City. <laughs> so damn, because obviously he's a Barca fan, so of course he's he's also a Pep Guardiola uh, supporter. Right. But yeah, you know so, what's funny? I was just thinking that too. I was like, why didn't you pick anybody from Man City? Like uh, besides Erling Haaland, I was like, you got Phil Foden. I could understand why Jack not not Jack Grealish, but he's been doing pretty good. Oh, I think I had Virgil Van Dyke and don't remember the other center back, but I know it was not from like a big team. Um, mm. yeah, I had like a bunch of like variety, but yeah, no, it was just it was just it was a good show. It was a great recording. I I freaking had fun there. Uh, but yeah, Goals TV, man, it's 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 awesome. Go check them out. G O L Z dot TV. Uh. Follow them on Instagram at golz.tv and on the X at golz underscore TV uh, for all things that are going on with them. Obviously, they just got a big deal with USL. Uh, so now you can find highlights and and coverage of the USL championship over on Goals TV. Big move for them. Um, USL doing a lot of things. I think they just got like a, an apparel sponsorship with Charlie as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so check out Goals TV. Obviously, we have to give a shout out to Roosevelt Spencer. Hopefully, he he's got he sent me his singing bed songs that he needs to do for our end of year episode because our end of year so is next episode. So uh, I'll I'll probably have to talk to him about if if he's got it sent or not um, because I need it. <laughs> but or we'll figure something out. But obviously, you know he makes the intros, the outros. He he's the one that has to like listen to our singing <laughs> our singing to put. To make these singing bed songs on, um, so he, he's he's the real MVP. That's why we named the the Player of the Year award after him. Um, but if you guys need some beat work done, man, follow, check him out on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. Um, if you guys need some beat work, just message him and he'll take great care of you, like he always does with us. So, yeah. But all right, episode one fifty six is in the books. Next week is our end of the year episode, episode one fifty seven. Uh, we're gonna look at all the we're going to look at the tables of the top five leagues, uh, recap them, obviously announce our player of the year. Well, not recap, uh, do like the mid, mid, midpoint recap. Um, we're going to do our players, announce our player of the year. And yeah, I mean, that's basically it. I don't know what else, to, what else is there to say about that one, but, but yeah. So thank you so much for listening to episode 156. Catch us next week for our end of the year episode. Where we oh also recapping League on Mackies. Can't forget about that. So Yeah. So catch us next week for episode one fifty seven. All right. Take care guys.
todo. 